Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Phoenix rises from the ashes. It's time to fly. Welcome back to the Phoenix Splash Podcast. I'm one of your humble hosts, JCB, Jason Cornelius Bell, one third of the band from Ringside Podcast. And over there in Louisville, Louisville, Missouri, Louisville, Kentucky now, just moved. He's gotten closer. We're going to see each other in a week for AEW. Your boy can't wait. Big sexy. Brett Jager from the Brain Buster Boys. What's going on? Tell me something good, baby boy. Yeah, yeah. You just said it all. I'm here in Louisville. I moved, getting a fresh start under my belt, and we'll be at Dynamite in, in St. Louis in nine days. So, Adam And we Cole, got a baby. lot of sh- We got so much shit. Oh, my God, I didn't even think about that. No, yeah. I didn't even trip <laughs> off of that until I saw the Rampage. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. going to be there. Yeah. His first match. Sweet. And they haven't announced the opponent yet, have they? They haven't announced the opponent yet. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But yeah. Different story. We got plenty more to talk about here. <laughs> but we've got so much good shit to talk about that we forgot the whole amazing start of the show. From, I mean, I guess it's been over two weeks now, and we were talking right before we hit the button here that we've been on like a two week cadence and with my move and every and just how these shows were spaced out or like a final which is tomorrow but here we are and this is uh gonna be a ball no i was gonna say i totally agree with that because i you know my shit is absolutely crazy with two jobs you just moved from city to city so yeah it was definitely a a moment where I wanted to get it through all the way through the, the New Japan Cup final so we could talk about the whole shebang and then kind of preview uh, Genesis. But neither here nor there. That will be for the next episode because I know I got some thoughts on that. But we'll talk about that as we move along into the New Japan Cup. We're not going to talk about match to match because that would take forever because we would talk about that ad nauseum. But just some bullet points for this episode of the phoenix splash podcast we're going to talk about obviously the new japan cup we're going to talk about the uh three four show from stardom the triangle derby final where you had um i won't even say the names but to the red block winner uh and the blue block winner they matched up to figure out who is going to win the first triangle derby final we're going to go over back over to japan i guess for lack of a better word to yokohama where we're going to see uh, if Jake Lee can shock the world and defeat Kaito Kiyomiya for the GHC Heavyweight Championship, and then we're going to finish it up with a little Grand Princess from TJPW. I, I think we don't do enough with TJPW, but they had one of their biggest Which, shows of the year. I was going to say, I was going to say, mate, one of the best shows of the year thus far. I'd say, and one the, and one of their biggest shows of the year. It's, uh, this is one of the shows that I started watching. Yeah. This time last year, they got me hooked. So the second time around, I was like, okay, you know, it, it feels like this is all cool. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I've come full circle with TJPW. And then at the end, we have a very interesting homework assignment that Brett dropped in my lap. God bless this dude. I, I don't know where the 
fuck he comes up with this shit. And I'm, I'm laying on my couch. I'm watching this. I'm like, man, this is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. And I'm I, loving it. Yeah. It's so good. I shouldn't like it, but I love it so much. But we would finish up with the pod with that. But let's get into it with the little New Japan Cup. And I wasn't sure whose music I was going to go with until right around, maybe make sure I say this date right, the 17th of March is right when I figured this guy's music would be the music I would come up with. Not saying he's going to win it, but I'm damn sure saying that Sonata has gotten a lot more interesting as this tournament goes along. So, obviously, we haven't talked about any of this tournament, so let's just start at the top with one Sonata as the LIJ fan of the group. Sonata was always an enigma to me. He always felt like he was going to come up one step too short. He got to the New Japan Cup final, lost to Okada at the end. So it always seemed like one step forward, two steps back. Won the uh, U.S. title. Got his face broke by Osprey and then was out on the shelf for months. Came back, lost again. You know, always seemed like something was missing with Sonata. His opening round match was against Tai Chi, a common opponent, somebody that they've had many a battle in the past. I was thinking to myself, okay, this is going to be an interesting start to Sonata. You know, I'm kind of waiting for him to slip on the banana peel at any point. And to start off, it was not looking good. It was kind of where Tai Chi was kind of waiting, waiting for he was Sonata. Whipping his, he was whipping his ass. And talking shit on top of it, you know. <laughs> you know, you going to come yeah. back, you going to fight me or what? So I'm sitting there like, man, I can't, but what the fuck is going on? And yeah. for whatever reason, I guess a light switch has turned on Sonata and now everything has changed. Sonata beat Tai Chi, has gone on a little roll. Obviously, he had to meet uh, Naito at one point. I believe that was the quarterfinal, uh, yes, quarterfinal match on 317. And like I said, I am a huge LIJ mark. I'm even a bigger Naito mark. I damn near cried when I saw him in live <laughs> in Edwardsville, but another story for another time. I knew that this match was going to happen, and when I found out the final was going to be in Sonata's hometown, I kind of yeah. just kind of was like, okay, Jason, get ready because this thing could easily happen, which it did. No problem with that. Sonata beats Naito in the quarterfinal, goes on to the semifinals. We'll talk about that more as we go along. But the post-match was the angle. And I didn't see it coming. And I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it. Am am I mad about it? Because like Evil, when Evil left LIJ, I was instantly pissed. I mean, I was, I remember where I was. I was in my bed. It was like 5.30 in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I mean, you cannot do this to my boy. You getting ready to get, you going to Bullet Club? Oh, kiss my ass. I couldn't stand Evil. When Sonata left to go to <laughs> just four guys to become just five guys, first things first, we got to change that name. Just five guys. I know it might not mean anything. Burgers in Japan. and fries, baby. <laughs> Burgers and fries. We got to change that name. I know it don't mean shit over in Japan, but when I think of just five guys, I'm thinking burgers and fries, baby. And that ain't going to be, <laughs> that just does not feel like a, a faction name and I should be scared of. You know, United Empire, Los Igbo and Amelies de Japon. You 
know, Bullet Club, just five guys. Doesn't work. <laughs> okay. That's on the board, number one. Number two is what Sonata said post match, which kind of made it, at least the, the flip made sense. I can't go any further when I'm in Naito's corner. Okay. Yep. I get it. Do I agree with it? Not so much, but I'll save that for a little bit. I've filibustered so much. What's your thoughts on the Sonata run and then the flip on for Sonata on Naito? Yeah. Um, so if we go back to our last episode when we were making our predictions with this, you know, Tai Chi was definitely a name we mentioned a lot of. Sonata wasn't even in the fucking conversation because, like you said, he'd been losing and just not really a focal point. We talked a lot about the site. The, I was about to say Saichi, Tai Chi, Sonata history. Both of, those, both of those guys coming up in all Japan. They've had great matches together. They've always been kind of like frenemies. There's always been a weird thing between them. And like you said, Tai Chi woke his ass up. And then once Sonata won that, even before he joined the Burgers and Fries team, I'm like, I said, this motherfucker's going to win this thing or at least go to the finals. Because, you know, we'll get through a lot of it. But it just seems to me that that spot was like, okay. And despite Will Ospreay's injury, which I'm not convinced is 100% real. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. But I think Sonata at least made sense. The, now, the just five guys, I did see it coming. I guess we probably talked about it a little bit, not really necessarily like him jumping ship right now, but maybe down the line that there could be something like that. Definitely didn't see it coming right now, for right. sure. Yeah. Like, right after that match. I would have thought, like, maybe... Sonata wins the cup and then they kind of form or whatever. But just to come out with Naito in the ring and basically say, get the fuck, fuck out, out of my ring. I was, that's the, that was the one time I was like, what the fuck did this I'm like, what the fuck did this motherfucker just say? First, Chi's just like giving him a hand motion, like, get out of here. And then get get the fuck out of my ring. Shingo, Shingo was more mad than anybody. Right, he was ready to go. And I think. I think it's because he just fucking hates Tai Chi after their feud, but mm. like nobody else seemed too bent out of shape about it. And I, you know, maybe that's indicative of where Sonata's been, you know, and kind of like, I don't want to say a non factor because he's not, but always falling short of the potential. Like you said, he's a bit of an enigma. The Japanese crowds love him, right. but like, you know, he's just not. Always clicking. I mean, he's had some incredible matches with Okada. He can mm. never really break through that glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. But then let's talk about his look when he came out for the next match. <laughs> you know, fresh, clean shaven, new haircut. Like, yeah, yeah. it's a different guy. Yeah, new gear. Yeah, I, yeah. Now, what do you, you think about I mean, now all of a sudden you all brand new and shit. You want to jump ship when you want to get all cleaned up for your boy Tai Chi, huh? Man. I'm slowly like you see myself turning over to, you know, like, fuck tonight. I can't stand that motherfucker. Um, no, it's like any, it's like any other heel turn, baby face turn, like the, Things have to change. I'm not saying that you got to change his music. I hope they don't change his music. I personally like it. But, you know, his look visibly changed. All black, clean shade. 
significantly too. Right. Yeah. To where now he's even more handsome than he was beforehand. I'm yeah, like, look at this clean I, motherfucker. I can't believe this shit. I'm about to say. I know. I just. If it, I just wanted to kiss. I just wanted to kiss his little cheek. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, just pinch his little cheek. You know what I'm saying? You pretty little bastard. No. Um, in this scenario, I, I have no problem with this. I guess my first like knee-jerk reaction because Naito was backstage and I, I wanted to hear what he had to say honestly before anybody else and and he said something really poignant he was like you know it's real hard to get out of LIJ but it's real easy to leave and if Sonata wants to leave he can leave so I think that he kind of just expressed everybody else's kind of like you know okay motherfucker you want to dip okay that's fine it's kind of fucked up how you did it but okay we're going to go ahead and let I you still go got, I still got Shingo over here motherfucker <laughs> right. so, and that, yeah and then that's the next point he was like you know if he really thinks leaving lij going to uh burgers and fries is going to make that much a difference let's look at shingo shingo's been in the title picture basically since he's come over here and that's when i was like okay great point and it and i'm not even saying just in in non-kayfabe booking of sonata has been an issue are we going to be able to sit here and say we're going to book Sonata in a scenario where he could beat Okada. I don't know about all that. Do I agree no. that uh, burgers and fries needs a, a front man? Yes, they do. Tai Chi probably ain't that dude. I'm not sure Sonata's that dude. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think Tai Chi is that dude. Is but he? I think they, they, in my eyes, yes. They needed another heavyweight, though. Fair. Because there's essentially uh, Tai Chi and then Doki and Kanemaru. Like, Taka, if he's going to wrestle, it's just going to be yeah, a multi-man. Yeah, then he's going to eat the pit. But I kind of hope they're kind of like not, they're like co-leaders, you know? Like, I don't know. They're both kind of on the same level. Sonata probably a touch higher in terms of just the success he's had, but Aichi can motherfucking go. And he, how about those glasses he had on? Talk about, I mean, should we just join just five guys in GLG? Just merge <laughs> right up? I don't know about that. I was going to say GLG. GLG feels like they're a little higher right about now. <laughs> Doki, Doki looking jacked as fuck. Mm. Taco with his leather. Kanemaru with his leather. They all looked fucking great, and I'm happy to see it. Again, Sonata, LIJ, fandom aside, like he needed this for sure. Like He had been stale as old ass bread for like two plus years I really i mean yeah he had that feud with evil through covid that he did get the wrestle kingdom win but like frankly who remembers that anymore and like i, I don't know he, he, he <laughs> needed he yeah exactly yeah he needed a fresh coat of paint as they say and this is great and if you don't have anything else to say i say we go again, or let's talk about his uh, finals opponent. You stole my thunder Mr. on that Dave one, because to me, that's the, the second biggest uh, <laughs> story of the New Japan Cup is one Absolutely. David Finley. Obviously, not knowing he was going to be a part of the Bullet Club before the actual tournament got started, I think if we knew he was going to be a Bullet Club member, it had been a little easier to forecast how far he was going to go. And this is not a knock against David Finley because we talked about this before. He had a chance to win the G1 block at the final day. And, you know, unfortunately, that didn't work. You know, he had a nice little run in last year's New Japan Cup. That fell short. So in this scenario, I think 
kind of very similar to Sonata. When you flip, you're going to have a, a different character look and then B, I would assume that the booking is going to be different, at least reinforcing said heel flip or in this case, uh, reinforcing the move to Bullet Club. Obviously, he's going on to the finals. He beats uh, Ishii in the first round on 3-6. He comes back and beats Great Okan after Great Okan gets a bye, which is, uh, I'm not a huge fan of that, but neither here nor there. Uh, beats Shota on 3-18. I thought that was a really good match. Not the match of the tournament, but I thought that was a really good match. And then on, uh, obviously, 3-19, he beat Tamatanga in the semifinal to advance to the final. Let's talk about David Finley. First and foremost, are you okay with the fact that he's, I guess, the quote-unquote de facto Bullet Club leader? And let's talk about his New Japan run in general. Yeah, absolutely. Let's not forget that I picked him to win before we knew he would be a part of Bullet Club. So I'm gonna, but, however, I do think Sonata's been going to win now. But I could Really? Flip a coin. I mean, we'll get there, but I could, I could really see this going either way. And I love it. Like I said earlier, all of this is so fresh. Mm-hmm. I guess that was before we recorded. But, like, who would have fucking thought, even before this tournament started, that we'd have a final four of Sonata, Mark Davis, which <laughs> there were some circumstances involved, but motherfucker earned, deserved it and earned it. We'll get there. David Preach. Finley. And what, who was the fourth? Uh, fucking... Tomatonga, uh, which like, you know, he's kind of been getting elevated, but like compared to last year where it was Naito, Okada, Shingo, and ZSJ, or Osprey and ZSJ, I can't remember which one of those was first, but but it's worked and it's been great. Um, but yeah, I think Finley's been awesome. He's played the character so well. Um, I did watch, it was one of the first shows uh, where he tagged with ELP against ESJ <laughs> and uh, Kosei Fujita, where they were just having their bullshit, but it was awesome. And right. they like, ELP, I-, I could maybe see, I know I'm jumping ahead, but maybe we get a David Finley versus ELP, either winner leads Bullet Club or loser leaves Bullet Club, because then we had after the Tama match, he cut, you know, ELP was on commentary and yep. he's been fucking killing it. He's so good. <sighs> so good. At that. But they, he's like, yeah, win the match and you're in Bullet Club. And he gave him the two sweep. But, like, there's some friction there. Oh, yeah. But that was such a cool way to kind of kick it off, kick off this run for Finley. But I think he's played the part so well. You know, he's changed his look, obviously, new music. He's got Gato with his fucking duster. Which is, I, just Gato's new look is killing me when he gets the shillelagh as well. The bloody hands, Gato. I'm like, damn, that's so good. A rebel! <laughs> we all need a fucking rebel! Like, he's just dropping F-bombs left and right. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm liking this but, game. But, yeah, I've enjoyed all the matches. I think the Tama Tonka one was my favorite. I thought that was an incredible semifinal. Like, both guys had something to prove. Agreed. Went, what, like 17 minutes, and they just left it all out there, and I thought it was excellent. One of my favorite matches of the tournament. But Ish, the Ishii match was obviously really good. And that was like, you know, kind of the first big test. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, he's going to win this after kind of what happened at the Battle in the Valley. But, but Ishii's going to give him every motherfucking thing he can handle. Amen. Um, and he's the, the, the opponents he's gone through have all been very different. Great Okan, you know, he's very unique out there. 
Uh, you know, he's the champion of the British. So does that not earn the man a buy? It did get him a buy. Man. <laughs> I, know, but, I know, but you weren't too happy about it. I'm, I'm not sure what they're doing with Great Ocon, and I'll try to make this short and sweet. Yeah. My, my expectation bar is here, and the booking is here. And even yeah. though he's the Rev Pro champion, that doesn't really seem to translate if if at all over to New Japan, I don't think I don't know how much it really should, if at all. So I mean, I'm just kind of like I expected him at least win one match, you know. Yeah. But once again, seeing David Finley in the way, I get it. So I'm yeah. not like you know crestfallen over it. I'm just kind of like man, damn, you know. Yep. yep. Got a well, and then champ, he's going to you know lose the first match. All right, you know whatever. <laughs> I'm just a well, guy watching. <laughs> But the United Empire has been put over fucking massively. And we'll get there next because I think that's definitely story number three. Um, but continuing the Shota match, which you said was very good. And, like, we've seen an excellent match. So he's done it against very different opponents. He's looked impressive the whole way through. He's got that heel shit down. Yeah, like, he's talking like that he's been shit. doing it his whole fucking life. I mean, he's just he slipped right in. He slipped right in, and he's been a natural. I mean, this is a guy who's been on the fucking sidelines. That was his whole promo. Mm-hmm. He's been on the sidelines by and large, compared to a guy like Jay White, who he came up with side by side. Right, and he was given every like every opportunity. David Finley was not given those opportunities, but he has proved that he has deserved it, and he has lived up to the billing. And then some. Yeah, I've been very impressed and really enjoyed watching it. Despite my pick of him, like, take that out of the way. Like, right. it's been been good to see. Uh, no, I'll, I'll say this, and then we can move on to uh, the United Empire getting some flowers. Um, I'm kind of – I didn't see David Finley flipping on Jay White, but you kind of – if you watch New Japan religiously like you and I do – there were certain signs that were planted that if you stop and look back, this flip was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. He came out with a show months ago, kind of threatened people with it, but never really hit anybody with it. Now, all of a sudden, you know, he had that New Japan Cup run. This is where all of a sudden you – this is the most I've ever heard David Finley talk, and he's yeah. talking mad shit. Yeah. To his yeah. credit, to his credit, had a great New Japan run. G one's kind of the same thing. Now he's already kind of like set it in on the foundation of you know just talking shit like a good heel does. You know, always talking. Kevin Owens is a great example of that. Monday Night Raw in mean, the background. Let's let's remember real quick not to cut you off, but and you might have been getting there, so maybe I am cutting you off. But the the U.S. title match with Osprey, he was the heel, right? Plain and simple, like. Even though he probably came in as a baby face, once he hit that motherfucker on the hand on the table, that was he played heel that whole fucking way. That's heel shit. That's heel shit one on one. That's a five star match for me, and he fucking nailed it. So yeah, I think go back, go keep going. But yeah, he's been great. No, it's just no, just you kind of made my point. Is that people are like you know. I don't understand why he's the heel. I don't understand why he's you know part of Bullet Club. Look. Just on the, the the second part of being Bullet Club, I wasn't even a huge Jay White guy when he joined Bullet Club. 
and yeah. he won me over. I'm going to give David Finley that chance. So far, so good. He's winning me over. Now, For I sure. just I just need to somehow, yeah. if somehow they haven't said it, yeah. I just need somebody to say he's the leader of the Bullet Club, and then let's see the story unfold yeah. from that point. Because, it, because obviously, ELP ain't having it, but others yep. just stepped in the line, like Chase, Kenta, you know, everybody else is, you know, trying to play Peacemaker, while ELP is like, no, nah, fuck that, you know? Yeah. This, this wasn't the plan. And now you have, once again, Bullet Club friction. Now, I'll, I'll ask you this. ELP, obviously not a fan of, of uh, I was going to say Chase Owens, of David Finley and vice versa. You suggested a loser leaves Bullet Club match. Obviously, I would think if they had that match, ELP would be the one to lose. Correct. If they had that match and he lost, where would you like to see ELP go? I got three more letters for you. No, you ain't. L L I. Okay. <laughs> I thought you was going to say G L G. I wish I did now, but uh, no. Um, let's be real here. Shingo's already his daddy. They've got a heavyweight spot open. True. I, I literally didn't even think about it till you just asked me, and it just hit. It's like he and Shingo kind of already had, you know, it was a rivalry, but there was some goofs and some fun in there. He seems to fit that vibe of what that group that's, is. That's I what think I was he's thinking. Definitely, he's more. Have they had? They haven't had a Gaijin before, have they? No. Well, I guess if you count Teton, but a West, an American, Canadian, whatever. You no. know, a white guy. Right, exactly. <laughs> No, okay. But, Teton is about as um, close as you getting at this point. Yeah, and ELP has definitely been trending babyface the last, you know, three, four months or so. Like, yeah, he's in Bullet Club, but, you know, he hasn't really done much nefarious stuff. He's clearly anti-Finley, who is a huge heel. He's very fucking funny on commentary. Yeah, shit, I can see it. Um, you know, I don't necessarily want or need any more new facts because we've got strong style we've got just five guys burgers and fries and that's all working very very well united empire is as robust as possible but what better place to fit him in than the place that just lost a fucking heavyweight you know upper upper mid card guy and uh, i think that's what elp is and should be and yeah, what do you think about that? No, I love it. I, I, I totally agree with that. I, I, it wasn't even my idea. Somebody floated it on Twitter, and I was kind of like, huh. Oh, that I, hadn't even, I hadn't seen or thought about it till right this second, and I think I just talked myself into it. No, you totally talked me into it. Now I want to see it happen. Um, let's talk United Empire specifically. A couple of guys, um, Aussie Open, who are amazing as a tag team. Unbelievable. They are going to probably get a tag team title match at the end of the tour, probably on, if not uh, tomorrow morning. I would. My guess would probably be the Genesis card on four yeah. eight, which probably makes more sense. You could build up to it, which would probably be the smarter way to go. Either way, I would assume Bishamon and Aussie Open are going to wrestle for the tag team titles. However, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis were entered in the New Japan Cup, and my initial thought process was, okay, this is cool. You know, new blood. Not expecting much from either or. Just good to see fresh faces like you've talked about before in the New Japan Cup. Let's see what they can do 
<laughs> Surprise! No disrespect to Yoshihashi. Really good match. I thought Kyle Fletcher was amazing in that match. He really stepped up yep. to the plate in a scenario where I thought Yoshihashi was going to go over. I kind of expected him to go over, and he didn't. I thought him and Goto had a really good match. That's where I was like, okay, this is where I think Kyle Fletcher is probably going to have to lose. There's no way in hell yeah. they're going to have one of Aussie Open beat the tag team champions even in separate singles matches not going to happen to me the bigger story unfortunately and unfortunately is mark davis obviously mark davis like i said the other man entered in the new japan cup from aussie open beat yano thank god in round one <laughs> you have no idea how much i was like if you don't beat this motherfucker i'm gonna kill you. Well, I remember because i floated out the idea of yano beating osprey <laughs> I'm like, I, no, 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 no. If somebody's beating Osprey, it needs to be one of his countrymen, his his faction mates, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that, that that was the main reason. I mean, I can. That's the scary part. Yano is yeah, like Naito. Dunkzilla put that. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say Dunkzilla put that to rest. He oh, put that to rest right away. And, and did it in a in a way that you For usually you. don't. Well, no, it's in a way that you usually don't see it. Where it felt like he kind of outsmarted Yano towards the end, and you know, kind of yeah. you know, crushed him and got the win. And then obviously the match that kind of changes the tournament, good, bad, and indifferent, is his second round match against Will Ospreay. Ospreay coming in. Uh, I believe he had the bye. Yeah, he had a bye coming in. So this was his first yeah. match. And this was one of the, the better matches match. of the tournament. I'm not. I don't think it was yeah. the match of the tournament. I'll hold off on that towards the end. But this was probably. I have it as a top five rated. I have it at four point two five for the record. Um, Same. That's <laughs> sick. Um, four point two five stars for the record. Uh, I, I thought this was a really good match. It's just. It highlighted Mark Davis against one of the best wrestlers in the world, just in ring. I don't, I'm not talking about Mike. I'm talking about you set the ring up and you put two guys in, and one of them is Will Ospreay. That's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And Mark Davis came off looking amazing. Took the L, but came away looking amazing where I'm thinking to myself, man, I would love to see him in a G1. Man, I would love to mm. see you Kyle Fletcher in a G1. Shit, if they could, mm. you know, and I'm like, you know, mm. I already have them as going singles, but then I'm like, wait, 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 hang on, man. They're, the, wait. they're one of the best <laughs> tag teams in the world. Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Let's just well, get You're it. not wrong. You're not wrong. And that's they the, deserve to be in a G1. And that's the scary Sorry. part about it is that uh, I want to see how they get booked moving forward. Are they still going to be moved, booked as a tag team? Because World, World Tag League for them is a lock. G1 is obviously the next big tournament that we're going to have coming up. I would love to see either or be in that tournament. Even if it meant that Aussie Open had to take a break for a while, but neither here nor there. Will Ospreay does get hurt in this match in a kind of a weird spot where Mark Davis puts the mat over Will Ospreay and does a uh, senton on him, hurts his shoulder. We're going to talk about maybe the myth of Will Ospreay being hurt here in 30 seconds, but let's just give the flowers to Aussie Open. Please go right ahead. Yeah, man. I mean, you said it all, but both guys, both guys just hit grand slams, not only in the ring, but on commentary, too. Like, <laughs> Mark Davis is better than I thought, and Kyle Fletcher is funny as fuck. 
Yes, but man, I did not see this coming at all. I did pick Fletcher to beat Yoshihashi because I thought that would mean, okay, that gives them an easy play for the tag team titles. But again, he gave Goto everything he could handle. I went four and four and a quarter on those two respectively. Yep. Um, but yeah, Davis, does he not remind you of a young Will Ospreay? Like he's got that tall kind of lean figure. Oh, you t- I don't know. He just, you talk about Kyle Fletcher. Kyle Fletcher, yes. Not Mark. Not Mark. I'm sitting like, not, not really. Not Yoshihashi. <laughs> not Yoshihashi. I'm like, Kyle Fletcher. I'm, seeing, I'm thinking about Mark Davis doing a, uh, you know, a suicide dive. And I'm like, nah, that ain't the same look. <laughs> yeah. But, like, apparently Fletcher's put, like, grown, like, four or five inches in the last, like, because he's 24, you know. From when he started, has gotten a lot taller. But anyway, like, he's a freak athlete. Mm. Got a ton of charisma. And then Mark Davis, dump truck, dunkzilla. Yeah. What can you say about the guy? Like he, I know they've been using the Stan Hansen comparisons, and that is spot on. I don't know how much Stan Hansen you've seen, but this motherfucker is doing a great job emulating, well, being himself, but you right. know, channeling those vibes. But I was yeah, going to say like Stan I, Hansen didn't move, didn't do the athletic moves that Mark Davis can do. No, and I think that's. Ab- that Absolutely. kind of makes it Absolutely. even more impressive of what he's, what his move set is, what he can do, and what his future possibly That's- can hold. He's came off a knee injury, you know. He tore his ACL and he's back and he's doing this. That's, That's to me is yeah. is amazing just to think about yeah. where he was to where he is. And go ahead. That that pile driver that he does, where he, he like snatches them up off the ground and throws them up and catches them and hits it, one of the coolest moves I've ever seen. <laughs> I was so watching. Sweet. I was watching um, the, uh, the semifinal with him and Sonata, and I, it's not like I haven't seen the move. I've seen it plenty. He's done it, you know, probably in yeah. all three matches, and every fucking time I pop, I'm just like, oh, oh my god, that just looks horrible. Yep, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, it's. So, and like they, they were on the ROH show last week, and or I guess it was two weeks ago. I was watching it with my roommate, and he'd obviously never seen it. And it was just like, God, these guys are fucking awesome. Yeah, they but are. Yeah, like, they're on the way. Them as a tag team, like I said, top six in the world. I mean, that's we don't need to run through them all. They're six at worst. Six yes. at worst. Yeah, and I'm. I'm, and, I'm and that would be hard to come up about with how, five more that are better than them. Let's talk about how these motherfuckers are unsigned as well like what the fuck if new japan hasn't already put good money contracts in front of them tony khan's about to fucking steal them and let's be honest they belong and deserve to be in new japan so get that done please okabayashi or whatever whoever whatever your name is i can't remember but obari yeah i was getting ready to say note to self sign austin open stab For three to five years. Yeah, that's going to say, well, however you need to do it. But, yeah, that's... Because, yeah, they are future tag team champions, mm. and they deserve to be tag team champions for... Maybe they hold hold it from the current of the G1, and then they can do the G1. Who knows? But I think they're both future singles champions. Great. Um, yeah, like, I, I loved these guys a ton coming into this, and... I couldn't have thought I could have liked them that much more, and it's significant. Yeah, I was going to say, they are, they are one of the big stories coming out of this tournament, for sure. Oh, my God. And like I said, both guys I thought were excellent on commentary, which just, you know, they're no, I haven't heard them cut a ton of promos, but just with how good and natural they were there, like, you know they can do it. 
Let's talk about Aaron Hanare getting one of the biggest wins of the tournament <laughs> over Shingo. Like, Surprise! that was a huge yeah, <laughs> Another four and a quarter, top three, four match of the tournament for I me. Four stars, but I mean, we're in the same ball. Yeah. Fucking loved it. Like, just Hanare had kind of been on the doorstep of a big win like that. I mean, he's got, you know, I can't remember who he beat in the G1. I know he got a decent Tanahashi? victory. Tanahashi, that's right, which, you know, went over Tanahashi isn't quite what it was, it's, but hey, still a hey, very big win. You know, it's, yeah, it's, hey. it's, put that joker in your pocket, man. Go to the pool yeah. window. Yeah, but this was very impressive. Um, then he, who did he lose to? Tama? Yes. I think it was Tama, right? Yes. Which was a very solid match, but not, I mean, he and Shingo obviously just compliment. You know, he, Hanare, if he's in there with another hard hitter, that's when he's going to excel the most. Also, what about how great he's looked coming out with those incredibly short, tight shorts? <laughs> <laughs> and he was he was killing me on commentary because he was so dry. Yes, but like he was cracking up every time Red Shoes. Like it was the Kenta Sonata match, which was a fuck fest. Oh and God. Red Shoes got taken out like three times. I'm and like, he dude, literally just get out of the ring. Just get the fuck yeah. out of the ring, okay? Tanare was just geeking out the whole time and it was killing me because like he was just laughing his ass off but uh and then jeff cobb on commentary i oh, thought it was amazing oh jeff I mean, cobb backstage calling out kenny omega yeah oh. yes. when is that gonna happen i mean that's been building since jan 5 yeah Let's get this going. yeah i was Come gonna on. say that's gotta be a, that's gotta be that 4-h show too because obviously that Kenny's wrapping up whatever he's doing with the elite and the six man nonsense that 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 should give them enough time to where you can bring Jeff Cobb over, have him jump Kenny. And then Kenny's like, you know, fuck that. You ain't just going to be jumping me. We're going to, you know, wrestle at uh, Genesis on four, eight. That's my guess. Yeah. I think it has to be because, I mean, there's really not even been hardly a mention of Kenny or the U S title on new Japan programming let alone AEW. I mean, he brings the belt out, but like it's so overshadowed by the trio stuff, like you said. But little sidebar, at least we get Kenny Bakingo this week. Which, uh, oh my God. But like, th- is that my, his first singles match, at least on television since the Osprey match? Like, I can't uh, recall. I want to say yes, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. I can't recall one. I know he wrestled. Hagane Shino on like AEW Dark, which that guy was just in a tight Choco Pro match against Balianaki. But uh, look at you just name dropping, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we need Kenny back in singles action and back in Japan, and Kenny versus Jeff Cobb would be something special, no doubt about it. Dude, Japan. What about how little, real, real quick, what about how little, at least tall, like, Height-wise, Cobb looks compared to the rest of that group. He looks like a fucking chode out there. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's the guy that could throw to somebody in the fifth row. I know. So, I mean, ultimately, you could hang out as far as I'm concerned. It's just very, like, him next to Kyle Fletcher. Kyle Fletcher looks like he's two feet tall. Kyle Fletcher's Cobb a lanky-ass dude. Yeah, okay? Cobb had that, that one show. He had the pineapple shirt and just the <laughs> fucking... What is the, the, the hang team or whatever? Pack, yeah. Pack, yeah, that motherfucker oh, is crazy. Yeah. Let me. I'm not gonna let you off the hook because you dropped a little nugget about you're saying that this injury to oh, Will Offspray might not be an injury. 
So, go ahead, give us your conspiracy theory. Why do you think this Will Ospreay injury is not an injury? I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just <laughs> saying it might not be. But like we said, going you, back, you're to like the we- Negro Domus of this podcast so far. <laughs> A lot of this shit you're saying is true. And it has come to pass. So that's why I want to get, if you're, if you're going to say this, I want to get this on record because if it comes to pass again, that might be your running nickname moving forward on this pod. But please, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> really is the case. But really my thought process just goes, goes back to when we were previewing it and it's like who the fuck is Osprey going to lose to? Right. He's so over and protected. Right. Like like we've said from day 1 on this podcast we're staring down the barrel of he and Okada at Wrestle Kingdom winning the G1. I could be way off on that, but I just no, I don't think it you just are. feels so right. It just feels so right. So just looking at the bracket and like we said, him he's not going to win because he's not going to wrestle Okada now. So who's going to take him out? That's why I thought it was Azar, my buddy, who initially brought up the idea of Yano, which he could score a fluke win over anyone. So it makes sense. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. I guess I guess you could talk me into evil, you know, beating him because similarly, you know, House of Torture can gang up and beat anyone. But oh, sure. Just when, you know, when that injury was announced, just part of me was like, hmm, that's a convenient way to get Osprey out of this tournament. So, again, I'm not saying it's what happened, but, uh, you know, maybe the injury was a little, you know, maybe it was something where he could have kept going, but it's like, eh, we'll, we'll just protect me here. But uh, I don't know. Just uh, I'll throw a little gasoline on that fire. Uh, I do remember Kevin Kelly in one of the, uh, you know, pre-show, I want to say pre-shows, but you know, one of the 10-man tags or whatever the case may be, was what they were talking about, Will Ospreay was saying that it wasn't anything serious, that rehab and rest was the prescription to get him back to being healthy. Okay, so for me, it was like, you know, a sigh of relief. It's like when Nolan Aronado got hit last night on the hand, I'm like, <gasps> oh, no, 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 don't do this, don't do this. Oh, it's negative? Okay, everybody can breathe. You know, that big gust around 10 o'clock Central Standard Time was, you know, St. Louis taking a big sigh of relief when that news came out. To me, this is kind of the same thing. You know, I felt like that. But now that you're saying this, it, you know, at least the dots connect. It, you know, it makes sense. You give yeah. If you want to give Mark Davis, who, who ends up taking the baton from Will Ospreay and, you know, runs with it, you know, beats evil, thank God, and then, you know, has a, a really good good match versus Sonata ultimately losing, which makes sense too. Okay. I'm not going to, I guess what I'm looking for is there's a match with him and Mike Bailey at the end of the month. Um, I think it's the multitude of matches impact uh, show. I think it's on a Thursday night. Um, Yeah. Okay. Now if he makes it back for that, now I'm willing to get, you know, jump on board with, you know, this dude was sandbagging some shit. If he's not back, it'd be back for that then, you know, it, it might be yeah. something a little more legit than uh, what we sure. initially had thought. For sure, yeah. If he doesn't have that match, then my theory goes right out the window. But the first thing when I heard that, I said to Azar, like, thoughts that this injury might be a work, might not a work, but just a reason to get him out. And he agreed that it could be at least possible. But maybe I'm just overthinking all this shit. No, I'm saying, I, I, I love conspiracy theory. Yeah. <laughs> Osprey is just in such a position right now where he just can't be taking too many losses because 
he lost every big match last year. And mm-hmm. for him to get back up to that spot, he needs to not do that. So I don't know, just something. The first thing that crossed my mind when that happened was huh, convenient. A couple of things before we go to stardom. Uh, I want to talk about Bishiman versus uh, Okada and Tanahashi oh, on three. Yeah. Uh, we, we had talked about this before on the last uh, Phoenix splash podcast, how this felt really random where Okada just beat Tanahashi, but now wants Tanahashi to be his tag team partner and go against his faction mate in chaos in Bishiman. So, it was just a weird way to get a tag team title match there, but I have to admit, it Fucking worked. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Four and a quarter from your boy over here. I didn't oh. think they gave. I didn't think they had. Uh, they being Okada and Tanahashi had a chance, but slowly they were reeling me in. Like these motherfuckers might actually win this shit. Wait a minute. Wait, Tanahashi jumping off shit. Now you got Okada dropping the elbow. It was it was better than I thought it would be. I thought Bishiman would just take care of business, and I'm using take care of business in quotes, and win the match. I didn't think they would squash Okada and Tanahashi, but it was a lot closer than I anticipated. Like I said, I gave it four and a quarter. I'm kind of the other way. I thought Okada and Tanahashi would win, so you better fucking believe I was fired up. <laughs> Bishiman got the W. I just thought this was an amazing tag team match. Like what it went like 20 minutes, 21 mm-hmm. minutes. Sounds right. High pace, high pace from the get go. And just the teamwork, it really it came down to Goto and Yoshihashi being a team. And I know Kevin Kelly mentioned it. Like Yoshihashi knows where he's going to be before, you know, doesn't even have to look like yep. they did. The announcers did a great job of adding to the story of that match because that's what it was. Um, and, yeah, I thought it was unbelievable. Um, yeah, I went four and three quarters on it, man. I just I gave it what Azar and I call the mark bump, where you get put, bump oh, yeah. it up. Oh yeah, I point two five if you get a result that you like or what have you. So trust, I, yeah, I, I, I know what that is. Now you don't get some love for me yeah. when, when certain times he shouldn't be getting love it's, for me. It's a top ten match of the year for me so far. Um, I just again, maybe I'm getting so far into this Bishamon Markdom, but I'm having a ball with it. Um, and yeah, I just thought again, seeing those two guys beat the two biggest single stars, arguably in the right. history of the company, was pretty rewarding. I thought it was a uh, very cool. Now I had said when they had beat FTR, that was kind of their crowning achievement they they were the best tag team well not were but are the best tag team in new japan and now you just had to figure out how you keep this ball rolling this was a good way to keep this ball rolling even though they're two single stars because like you said they're arguably the two biggest single stars in new japan and just let's just say in the last 20 years let's just let's just make it simple we ain't, we ain't yeah. gonna make this into the, a knockdown drag out argument about you know you forgot about the, you know antonio and the anoki or whatever the case may be we ain't gonna do that i'll just say the last 20 years when you had those two when you had those two together who really don't really work well together historically that more L's than dubs this was a better match than I anticipated like I said they had me thinking are they getting ready to win this motherfucker no you just didn't you ain't gonna build Bishamon up to do this no we gotta get Aussie open out of it good to great match like I said four and a quarter for me but neither here nor there way better than I thought it was going to be two things number one we'll go with your match of the tournament up to this point 
because obviously I know you have a, a we all have we both did star ratings up to this point. I'll ask you what your highest star rating is to this point, and then I'll ask you for the winner of the New Japan final. Yes, sir. And before that, your video has been frozen on my end for a minute. I don't know why. Um, now you're back a little bit, but uh, it was weird. Did you see the comments that I put up here? Uh, I'm seeing one my now. Boy, Cade, I was going to say my IQ who tuned in here. I was going to say I see him, okay. but it's just like they re- it's really small print, and it's go- you're going to make me feel bad because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're good. No, can you can hit it. mute on your video? Can you hit mute on your video and then unmute? I just want to see if that does anything. Regardless, I can hear you, and we're totally fine. I was just uh, seeing if that could do something because your video. <laughs> just frozen but it's, it's tight oh, but thank you dan bakley cage my iq for tuning in he's a big big new japan fan he was with us oh yeah you met him at forbidden door probably yes i did yes sir uh but yeah we'll uh we'll trudge on here um i don't know what's going on on my end here but hey as long as we can hear that's fine so match of the tournament uh i have so many around that are at like four four and a quarter and four <clears throat> But I have one match at four and a half stars. I mean, I just want to make sure I only have the one. I only have that. One. I only have one. I think we, we it's the same one. Oh yeah, because we did talk about this a little bit. Yeah, Shota Umino and Zack Saber Jr. is my match of the tournament, and yeah, I thought this was just a perfect opponent for Shota to you know not only put him over in getting the win, but really making him look great and you know Shota he's definitely got the crowd back on his side after the Naito stinker I think it's been really good that he's coming through the crowd the Mm. Moxley style and it's getting the fans kind of excited see it because you know that shit just doesn't really happen in New Japan at all yeah exactly so um yeah it went what like 26 minutes but certainly didn't feel like it it was all ultra competitive the whole way you know, obviously, when you have ZSJ in there, there's going to be some great counter-wrestling, and Shota proved that he could hang right there with him. Yes. I, I loved both in this match and yeah, and the Shota-Finley match um, that he's kind of motherfucking red shoes a little bit. He's like, stay out of my way, Dad. <laughs> he pushed him down. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, they going to hear about yeah. this on Thanksgiving dinner. You wait and see. <laughs> red shoes like, no, nah, you ain't getting yeah. no turkey, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Cut your own damn meat. You're going to push me down. Yes. <laughs> so I love the just the aggressiveness that we've seen out of him and just the fire, you, you know, because that, that's who he is. You know, that's, uh, you know, and by God, is he not a, st- a spitting image of uh, Tanahashi right now? No, that no match joke. with him and Ren against Tanahashi and Okada. Just like which guy is which? Yeah, yeah it was, so, like the their Spider-Man hair color idea. was exactly the same, but yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, that is my first match. Um, number two, I would probably go uh, Tama and David Finley. Like I said earlier, I just thought that was just so much fun, and two guys, like we said, deserved to be in that spot and proved it. You know, from bell to bell in that one, I just thought that was an incredible match. And then three, I would go um, the Hanare Shingo match probably at number three. Um, but and then I have a slew of other four and a quarters: uh, Mark Davis and Osprey. Mm-hmm. I've got 
uh, Fletcher and Goto, mm-hmm. Finley and Ishii. So those are all my four and a quarters. So that would be kind of my top six or seven or so. But um, yeah, how about you? No, I was going to say you stole a lot of my thunder on that. Uh, Mark Davis, Osprey, four and a quarter. Um, whereas in Yoshihashi, Kyle Fletcher is at four and a quarter for me. Um, to me right now, it's it's Shota Umino and ZSJ. I, I agree with you. I have it four and a half stars. It was another measuring stick for someone who a lot of people and myself included think is going to be the future of the company. Him and Renarita at some point are going to be rivals, you know, going after the IWGP championship at some point. And it was, you know, it's ZSJ, you know, I'm I'm waiting for ZSJ to be like, okay, I'm getting ready to start tying you up in a pretzel. And it just wasn't happening. Yep. You know, shoulder got busted in the uh, busted in the nose. No problem. We're gonna work through that. You know, so I mean, it it showed a lot of different, I guess, layers. I guess is the word I'm looking for for Shota Umino just in the ring. Huge baby face potential and somebody that's going to be able to wrestle some of the best in the world. Chain wrestle. I'm going to almost say he damn near out wrestled Zack Saber Jr. in spots. Okay, I'll go yeah. that far. That's what, to me, was the more impressive thing about everything else. All the little stuff, him coming through the crowd, you know, giving stuff to the fans, that's just going to add to his baby face appeal and just going to take him to that next level whenever they decide they're going to push him. Obviously, with this win, he has the U.S. title match in his back pocket. Same for Hanari. I expect him to have a uh, KOPW championship in his back pocket. God forbid if David Finley doesn't win, he should have a Neverweight championship in his back pocket. So they did a lot of things that New Japan tournaments do to begin with. They set up the next match for, you know, the champions. They did, as far as I'm concerned, they made... Two guys, and if you want to throw Hanari in, Aussie Open being the two guys, Hanari kind of made them show the Umino as well. So, okay, let's just throw them. They made four guys into legit stars moving forward. Hanari might not be the legit star, but he's on the way up. He's trending the right way. We can go that far. And now you've got a, a final that nobody – I would love to see if anybody had – uh, Sonata and David Finley as their final. If you did, you know, props to you. I can't even knock you for it. But they have a final that has me guessing. I'm not sure who exactly wins. So I will go coin first. Flip. Yes, it is yeah. a coin flip match and Okada being the big fish in the pond. David Finley kind of needs it so it reinforces the Bullet Club heel turn and possible leadership. Same for Sonata. You know, I'm not saying that he is the leader, but him coming over feels like he's the leader of Burger and Fries. So it's an important match for him. Both guys needed burgers and fries. I'm not going to let that ride for the rest of this podcast. I swear to God. Oh, um, it is, baby. <laughs> it's Burger and Fries now. Um, I really I don't know who's going to win. My gut says David Finley. That's who I'm sticking with. You have Gato, David Finley going against Okada kind of makes sense at this point we've seen Sonata and, ok- and Okada before not saying I don't want to see it again because that match would make sense if you had me at gunpoint I would pick David Finley to win the New Japan Cup final yeah it's tough um, like I said earlier picked Finley coming in obviously no one saw the Sonata thing happening um, but 
I listened to Super Jcast earlier, <clears throat> who I've talked about on here, and they had an interesting thought that kind of made me lean towards Sonata, but they were both split as well. One of them picked Sonata, one picked Finley, but he said, you have Sonata win here, he challenges Okada at Sakura Genesis, and then you have David Finley challenge Okada at uh, Dontaku, because it's the Bullet Club 10th anniversary show. Eh, eh, somebody's thinking. Can't, I can't, no, I can't. Either way, I don't think it's a bad way to go. Do you have a fresh winner, whoever is going to win, so that you know it's going to be a step up in the right direction both ways? Like I said, I just uh, God, you almost talked me into it. I'm, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stick to David Finley. He's been white hot. So is Sonata as well. So I mean, you're going to have two guys that are coming in that got a lot of proof and got, you know, the winner gained so much just in the short term. Maybe they're just smart to keep David Finley on the back burner for a little bit, but I guess time will tell anything else on the new Japan cup. We didn't talk about, we forgot to talk about that. We want to discuss. I don't think so. Really. I just put up a comment from Bakley. He said, Finley is taking the win and the title at Genesis, which uh, I think is very bold, but Damn. this is also, this is also the same man that did pick Tama Tonga to win his block over Jay White in the G1, which I certainly didn't see coming. So. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I, I just think, saying, uh, I had Jay White going undefeated. I was talking mad yeah. shit. <laughs> I was like, I, ain't nobody beating Jay White. Yeah, I think uh, that's a little bold. But, yeah, really, coin flip. I'm going to say Sonata just because then you've got a Finley ready-made to challenge the next month. But, like you said, Finley winning this would put the stamp on him and like, all right, he is now a true main event player because you then have to find a way to get him to Okada at the Dontaku show. So, God, it's so tough. But, yeah, I'll I'll stick with Sonata just so we both go different ways. And I'll always have picking Finley to win it at the beginning in my back pocket. So. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Let's move on to Stardom. You ain't shit. I gotta say, you can't be doing that. I'm not a huge fan of the Julia music. At least the new one is still kind of growing on me. Yeah. So I went with this as the backup because Azumi has had two of the best matches in the like just in the last calendar year again with Starlight Kid. Yep. And I wanted to, you know, give her some props because I got the sneaky suspicion Mercedes Monet might be next up. And if that's the case, this might put her on that same upward stratosphere that we were talking about with Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis and so many others. But we'll talk yeah. about that match in a second. We're going to talk about the Triangle Derby final, I guess, the show from uh, March 4th. That's how long we've waited to uh, actually record. Um, one, two, three, So, so long that we thought we'd talked about it already. Right. And we was like, did we talk about it? it like, no, we did not talk about it. We previewed it, but did not talk about it. Nine matches on the card. Let's just jump into the more more important matches uh two in well i mean if you want to talk about you know the no no i didn't think so the two semifinals the two semifinals yeah. um himika's retirement road uh hazuki uh sai kamatini the high speed title red belt title and then the triangle derby slash artist uh of startup championship which was a nice little curveball but it, it had a little uh spice to watch which, which yeah. was a pretty good show overall i, I like this show a lot um yeah 
God's Eye beats uh, Cosmic Angels. In this case, that would be Tam Nakano, uh, Saki, and Natsupoi in 11.30. They ultimately faced uh, Prominence, who beat Neo Stardom Army. Thank you, Prominence. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Shut that bitch up! Oh, my God. I mean... If you haven't been paying attention or you, this is your first fight with us on the Phoenix Splash podcast, Nene Tanahashi is unfortunately someone that has garnered our ill will for the simple fact that she screams through her matches consistently. And I'm not a person that gets bothered by a lot of things with matches. You know, if you if you want to, you know, get hype and, you know, like uh, my boy Shingo would do something along the lines of doing like... Okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm totally down with that. Okay, but love love that drop there. Hey, I'm here for you. Um, the fact that she just literally screams throughout the matches has really just turned me off on her on um, Una Missouri. Uh, you though basically the whole shebang with when it comes to neo uh stardom army i'll give you credit she came in with like four titles the last show i star saw her i guess that was the 311 show i'm like jesus christ i mean talk about draped and gold but another story for yeah. another time talk about belt talk about belt collectors yeah i mean she like kicked one over to the side you know she's got one in her hand one around her waist you know one around her neck i'm like good lord what the hell's going on neither here nor there prominence gets to win so you would have prominence versus god eye in the main event for the triangle derby uh final championship however you want to discuss it but prominence god love them they threw a little added fuel to the fire and put some more chips in the middle and made it a artist of stardom title match as well so that was nice to yeah. see uh, i know we talked about hachimoto before we're going to talk about her again because once again very 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 dominant performance over Himika. Obviously, we discussed Himika's road to retirement. She's going to have some dream matches coming up where I think it's going to be her and Micah versus uh, Julia and Shuri at one point. And then she's got a 10-man tag or 10-woman tag. I can't think of the names. I'm not even going to try to go into all that. But neither here nor there. Hachimoto just rolls through Himika. Shuri comes out. So that will be a Yokohama match on, I believe it's April 23rd. Uh, one-on-one Hashimoto and Shuri, that should be nothing but... That'll be a fucking heater. Yeah, uh, definitely a match that could be match of the year candidate if as long as Shuri can stay upright and not get rolled over like everybody else. Hachimoto feels like Ivan Drago to me in Rocky Four. You know, the, the first two opponents, she's just blown away. And now we got to bring in the heavy that's guns. How they, that's how they booked her. Yeah, and now you got to bring in the big guns to see if Shuri can come in and handle business. Very curious to see how that is booked because I'm not sure if Hachimoto is here for a short time or a long time. If she's here for a long time, this might be a scenario where Shuri takes the L, but I'll digress. Um, to me, the match of the night, no question about mm. it. Uh, Hazuki versus Sai Kamatini in the white belt title match, 22-48. Kamatini goes over. We'll go back and talk about this in a second. Um, 
Azumi beats Starlight Kid in 1705 to retain the um, High Speed Championship. Double count out in the Red Belt title match, which was kind of a surprise. I just thought that Julia would go over and we could move on, but I don't necessarily mind this. 1757 bell to bell. Tam Nakano comes out. We could talk about that. Mina Shirakawa gets called out by Saya Kamati. We talk about that. And then at the end, 1447 prominence retains and wins the triangle derby one for the very first time obviously lot to talk about i'll let you pick anything you want to talk about and we can go from there i think you know where i'm headed here <laughs> white belt match saya kamatani defeats suzuki 22 48 easily my women's match of the year I went four and three quarters. I haven't rewatched it. Could easily be a fiver for me, but my God. I mean, we've been talking a lot about Kamatani and how great she's been, how great this reign of hers was. And then she kind of got the yips a little bit. Wait, I, I, love, I love that. That's exactly what it is. It's been the yips. Yeah. Not doing. She's, still, she's gotten she's away from the Phoenix Press podcast. You know, this is her, this is her endorsed podcast. So how are you going to get away from doing the Phoenix Splash is beyond even me. But please go ahead. But man, I mean, and we are no, no, uh, shy, not shy about our fandom for Hazuki here. And she and she went in and she's like, I'm going to take this motherfucking belt. And unfortunately, she didn't. But my God, it woke up Saya Kamatani. And that is by far far the best she has looked since mid-year last year you know yeah. let's call it eight eight months you know like i think she was incredible the whole first half of last year and then like we said kind of dipped <laughs> off a little bit so this brought the best out of her definitely the best hazuki singles match i've seen which is saying something because she had a few in the tournament last year the julia one specifically mm-hmm. that were excellent but man they it there were so many false finishes in this. There was a moment where Hazuki hit the brain buster pretty close down the stretch, and I thought that was it for sure. And I screamed when Kamatani kicked out. Even, you know, I love Saya too, but God damn it, I wanted Hazuki to win this. And unfortunately, she came up just a bit short, but I look forward to rewatching this one again. There's just been so much fucking wrestling yeah. lately, and I'm still behind and haven't been able to stay on top of it all, but. Yeah, I absolutely loved this match, and uh, four and three quarters for me. Happy to see Saya Kamatani look like she did in the first half of last year, and Hazuki proved that she can be and should be and will be a huge single star moving forward. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I gave it four and three quarters as well. For me, if Hazuki won, it would have been a five-star match. That's just Yeah, the old Mark Bump, I'm with you. Uh, broadcast podcast. Good evening. Yep. I, I finally saw that. See, I got. I actually yeah. blew, blew it up so I can actually I still, can see things now. I still can't see your video, but hey, the, the, we're, it, we're cooking here. So it, it, trust me, you ain't missing nothing. Um, <laughs> oh come on, you're a DL. You're a DL. No, about to say you big sexy around here. You about to say you the leader of this uh, little GLG uh, spinoff, uh, you know, faction that we got going on over here. Um, no, I thought Suzuki. Yeah, right. I thought Hizuki was absolutely amazing, and at some point, as long as Julia holds the red belt, that's the match I'm looking forward to because obviously they had beef in uh, the five star, you know, going leading up to this point, and obviously I would assume that their paths will have to cross it 
at down the line. I really they yeah. got my ass on this one. I really thought, yeah. and I, I know sure. I know what the money match is. I know what the money match I know. is. Well, yeah, you were you were talking about it the whole show last time. That man, God, I just wanted this so bad. Yeah. Mina Shirakawa obviously is the match that they want, and it's the match that makes storyline sense. And she and Shirakawa even said, alluded to the fact that in the post match after uh, Saya called her out, she has said that you know she hasn't done a proper Phoenix Splash uh, on her as at up to this point. She didn't need to do a Phoenix Splash on uh, Hazuki to oh, win wow. the match. So I was, I was like, oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't see the promo with subtitles. I didn't go back and watch it. So I watched it this afternoon. So I was just like, yeah. okay, so. Are we going to see the Phoenix Splash and she misses? That's yeah, what I'm exactly. like. Okay, I'm not sure where this is going, but you now you pique my interest for this match even more. Like I said, I knew where this was the end game, but even still, they got my ass to the point yep. where now it's like, okay, come on, Azuki, don't do, don't do me like this. Don't you know? I'm openly, Go get that yeah, I'm Go openly get that rooting for her to win this <laughs> yeah. title off of someone that I had still, even with the yips, I still had her as my woman's wrestler of the year for 2022. You know, the the last we called it. You know, you called it like you see it, and I'm the same way. Those last six months, from let's just say August of 2022 to the end. Eh, not her best stuff. The stuff that yep. she did beforehand put her on the map, Incredible. and I thought it was going to, you know, could easily elevate her to be a, a red belt champion at some point, and she still could be. But the, the, I, yeah, I agree with you. This got her at least. It felt like it got her back on track. Now yeah. I'm really I'm looking forward to the Shirakawa match even more because now it feels like you know both are on equal footing. We're good to go there. And like you said, Hazuki, just God bless her. It just it's another soul crushing loss for you know her for fans like me or like you you know i thought i'm not sure that i would ever get over the five star this felt like another kick in the balls i'm like man you just want to stomp on people's balls tonight god damn what that that brain buster man like i can't you know i always remember those moments in matches where they get you and that was definitely like for example not to get too off track but in the mjf danielson match in overtime when Danielson did the yes chance for the first time, hits that knee and MJF kicked out like I went nuclear. Yep. This wasn't quite <laughs> that nuclear, but pretty damn close. So I'm like, oh my God, Hazuki's going to do it. She's going to do it. She's going to do it. Ah, ah, motherfucker. <laughs> fuck. And then once that happens, from that point, it's just like, all right, all bets are off. I don't know what's going to happen now. These poor cats are hiding and feel like, oh, he mad again. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kicking shit. Yeah, it was, it's, as far as I'm concerned right now, it's my match of the year. It's not five star, but it's going to be damn close to be. And I know I gave Julia a five star match uh, for her match, their first title defense. I'm sorry. This this Joker right here, <laughs> it, it it got me emotional, and I, yeah. I don't get emotional when it comes to wrestling like that. Where I'm now getting mad about kickouts, and you know the person <laughs> I, I really like isn't winning. Fuck that! I got mad by the end. I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? Why are they doing a Zuki like this? Just let her win. But like I said, I get it. It's the end game is Shirakawa, so be it. Their match, obviously, another Yokohama match on the 23rd, I believe. Um, let's talk about the Red Belt title match. Uh, an interesting yeah. 
way to finish this match where you this felt like another Suzu Suzuki match where it started off quick. They were outside in the crowd, both women getting thrown into chairs early. I'm like, man, here we go again. You know, this is just going to be another Julia Barnburner Red Belt title match where, you know, I just assumed that she would win. And it ended in a count out. Double count. Double count. I apologize. And then yeah. obviously after the match, we had the Tam Nakano challenge for the uh, the Red Belt Championship at, uh, once again, the, uh, Yokohama on the 23rd of April. Just thoughts on the match. I, I just It was a weird way to end the match. Usually we get, with stardom, we get draws. You know, yeah. t- and and things along those that nature. I would have. I don't mind the count out. I think it was just weird because I just figured that Julia would get a hard fought victory. I guess for lack of a better term. But please, thoughts on the Red Bell title match? Yeah, really like the match. I mean, uh, we, I think we talked last time about their prior history in Ice Ribbon, and I know Yukihi beat Julia in like a 2019 title match that I intended to go back and watch, but did not yet. But uh, they these pummeled each other, pillar to post, as, uh, as Julia matches tend to be these days. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Ms. Yukihi to end the show, but she can certainly slug it out as well. And, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, I agree. The finish did take it down a little bit. I went four and a quarter. You know, probably could have been up in that four and a half range if it was a more decisive finish. But I don't hate it. I mean, you know, given that Maya's had the edge over her in the past and Julia couldn't get the job done here. Well, she retained the title but didn't get the win. Like, leaves it open for the future. And I'd definitely be down to see that match again. But, yeah, in the moment it was a little like, eh, really? All right, whatever. But definitely didn't hate it. And the match, the work itself was really strong. I mean, it's been a minute since I've watched it, but – I believe they both put each other through tables on the outside pretty viciously down the stretch too. Like a lot of big action in this and, uh, yeah, definitely really much enjoyed it. But, uh, uh, the Tam match, real quick, I want to no, say that, that's what I wanted to talk about next, because that yeah. to me is a, a feud that kind of, I won't say disappeared, but just w- went simmered a little bit. Obviously you had, you know, um, Knott's Boy moved from DDM to uh, Cosmic Angels. Uh, My Sakurai moving from Cosmic Angels over to DDM. The the fact that Julia lost the hair versus hair match, which was brought up uh, in the uh, the post-match promo by Tam. So there's a lot of backstory history between the two. And let's not forget... Let's not forget the five-star final last year. The, Julia Julia Jam. Jam. So there's obviously yeah. a lot of, you know, let's just say beef on the grill that needs to be cooked. Um, I'm looking forward to this match, man. I think this is going to be one of those matches that Julia has kind of set a, a, t- a tone for her title reigns in the first two. Oh, and it's basically, yeah. you know, I'm going to do what I it. need to do. Come and get it. Yeah. To, <laughs> to keep this red belt. And Tam is basically, you know, the, her foil, for lack of a better term. I don't think that there's a bigger, you know, RIP Hana Kamura. That should have been her foil, her being Julia moving forward. But obviously, you know, life is what it is. And she took her, you know, took her life. And that's disappointing and unfortunate. 
Tam is a very good replacement for lack of a better word for Hana being that person that could have been going against Julia. They don't like each other queerly. They've got history against each other. And now you're going to put them against one another with the biggest prize and start them in the middle. Pfft, sign me up. Yeah. Match of the year candidate on paper. No doubt. I just caught a quick snippet. I think it was on Twitter. Of It was a backstage comment with Tam and Nat's boy and it had subtitles. And it was only like 15, 20 seconds, but Tam was basically like, after I beat Julia and took her hair, all the attention should have been on me, but it was all on her the whole way. And every, every second, every day I saw her hair grow back, I hated her more and more and more. And I just, what a great point that is because, yeah, while Tam did win and had a heck of a run with that belt, look at Julia now. She's a fucking superstar yeah. in the red belt stamp, and Tam's like, don't forget about me. I fucking beat her. Yeah, right. But then obviously Julia got the win in the five star last year. So at least, I mean, I don't know if there's been other singles matches in that time period. I can't recall any, but there might have been. I don't think they were in the five star this past year. But regardless, that's a big win for each year. And yeah, this is the first time for the red belt between these two. And yeah, like you said, there has been a clear tone set by Julia in these first two title matches. And if you want it, you better come and get it and you better bring your fucking A game because she's going to beat the shit out of you and you're going to have to beat the shit out of her. <laughs> and then, and then some. Yeah. No, uh, but no we doubt. know these two can. We knew these two can take it to the limit, and I would expect nothing different here. So, yeah, sign me the fuck up. Yeah, that, that should be another uh, banger of a match, to say the least. Uh, let's jump back to Izumi versus Starlight Kid 2. Uh, the original was, like I said, all the way up until the very end of 2022. Izumi versus Starlight Kid was my match of the year of 2022 until julia and shuri decided to come along and just act a goddamn fool on the 28th of december but you obviously you can go back and see that i, I just think that that's a, an amazing match it's probably oh, yeah. one of the top 10 matches of the year men's women's whatever the case may i be. had i had it at three overall yeah so yeah i'm with you <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that that joker is, is absolutely amazing the second time around not nearly as good but i mean damn it was still <laughs> fucking good i have it at four yeah. and a quarter stars i thought that it was still good nonetheless it, it, once again it was another time where it, I wasn't sure that Starlight Kid wasn't going to win. I thought there was a couple of chances where the, a couple of uh, near falls where I thought this was going to actually be the case where Starlight Kid was going to win, get the, uh, the high-speed title back, especially when the, if you still want to do Azumi versus Mercedes Monet, I don't think that Azumi needs the title per se. It'd be nice for her to yep. have it. it. It's a nice visual but I don't think necessarily that she needs it. Not like Starlight Kid needs it. I think Starlight Kid easily could be the white belt champion if given the right circumstance. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, Seventeen oh five. Like I said, Azumi wins again, back to back, big wins in big time spots. Talk about the match. Talk about the possibility of Azumi and Mercedes Monet. Obviously, we haven't had a confirmation yet, but obviously that's the rumor. That's the way we're trending. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's going to happen. First, I just want to clear it. I had Julia and Shuri, the match you mentioned, at number three overall last year. But Azumi Starlight Kid was in, like, the low 20s. And, yeah, incredible. So, 
I was four and three quarters on that first one. I went four and a half on this one. Yeah, like you said, still amazing. But that match last year was just something special. In fact, I rewatched it probably like two or actually it was maybe a few days before this show. Um, and yeah, that one's just a tough one to top. But yeah, these two still put together something something amazing here. And I'm with you. I kind of thought Starlight Kid would get the W this time because yeah, you know. I, I do agree with you. The visual of Azumi having another belt definitely looks cool and good, but yeah, she definitely doesn't need it. And I kind of just thought, ah, eh, she'll get rid of this and challenge Mercedes, but she got the win again. And hell, she's got to be having that belt about a year or so now, right? I'll look, I'll look it up here. I was about to say, she's in double digit the title defenses like Sai is. I don't think. Oh, it's she's good. over a year. Yeah, 391 days. Okay, that's what I was going to say. So. Obviously. Yeah, because it was two twenty three. That was when she beat Starlight Kid for it. So okay. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, amazing run. I thought, and that no knock against Azumi. I wanted to hold this bad boy. I thought this might have been a spot where, considering the, I guess the magnitude of the card and the opponent across from her, a nice spot to drop it. Didn't drop it. Not a big deal. Um, did we cover everything? I think so, yeah, because we pretty much talked about the Triangle Derby, you know, not really in detail, but I think we're all we're all rah-rah prominence here, that's for sure. Obviously, just to cover it, uh, prominence did beat God's Eye in the final of the uh, Triangle Derby in 1447, and I believe it was after the show went off the air, Queen's Quest corners Providence backstage, they have a right on Providence. I had to actually look this look this up and see if this was the case. But they have a win over Providence from the uh, the Triangle Derby. So QQ Queens Quest versus Providence coming up probably on that Yokohama show on the twenty third. Sounds so good to me. If I had to just stop and look at it, what I'm thinking I'm seeing for that show is in no particular order. Julia versus Tam, Mina Shirakawa versus Kamatini. You have Shuri versus Hashimoto, and then Prominence versus Queen's Quest in some form or fashion. Mercedes and Azumi. I think that would be the eighth on uh, in the New Japan because that would be for the. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. That is Sakura Genesis. It would be the Stardom show on the 23rd of April that she. Okay, yeah, I got right. that mixed up. Um, but yeah, regardless, pretty nice looking card. Yeah, uh, ultimately, that, that's where I was going yeah. with it. That uh, that twenty third show, I'm not sure who's going to represents Queen Quest because obviously Kamatini is going to be uh, a little busy defending the white belt. But I would assume that it would be Julia, and, uh, not Julia, but Utami and. Ugh, that's an interesting question on that. Lady C and probably somebody else. I can't think of who would be the third person off the top of my head. Yeah. Well, I guess then, sorry, to go back to Mercedes, this had been rumored as potentially Mercedes versus Mayu, right? Have you seen that? Um, I haven't seen the show, but I was on Stardom's uh, Twitter page, and Mayu basically threw out the challenge that she's got next, no matter who wins. They, they got to see her on the 23rd at Yokohama. Yeah, i just seen it was some dirt sheet thing that came out a while ago when it said she would be taking on likely Azumi on the 8th and Mayu on the 23rd. So 
not to speculate too much, but that would be another fucking fire match to add to the mix here. So, uh, sorry, Z, yeah. I love you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might have to take the L on this one. <laughs> I'm not saying I wanted to lose, but you might have to take the L. I'm just yeah. saying. All right, let's do a move on yeah. to uh, a little pro wrestling right, Noah. So this guy that uh, music is playing right now, I wasn't even sure who he was. You know, Brett sh- showed me a couple of videos, and I'm like, okay, you know, I like this dude, but I mean, you, you know, I got to see a little more. And as he's come over to pro wrestling Noah, I've seen a little more. He's gotten together with Anthony Green and uh, Jack Morris forming the Good Looking Guys. As a uh, the representative of the Midwest region of the Good Looking Guys, we got to give a shout out to our boys over in Japan. I got to say, Jake Lee has been more than advertised, better than advertised, however you want to call it. But Jake Lee is the story of pro wrestling Noah and good, the good looking guys as well. We'll talk about both in a second, but I think the, the, the biggest story is the dominant win by Jake Lee. And I don't throw the word dominant out there a lot, especially when it's not used by me. Well, it's not consociated by me. You know, I like to use dominant when it has Jason C. Bell surrounded by it. That being said, Jake Lee takes the gcw heavyweight championship in 35 minutes and 36 seconds i knew this match went a little bit but i didn't think it went that long bell to bell neither here nor there jake lee is your new ghc heavyweight champion i know you had a, a little uh what's the word i'm looking for Bitter taste in your mouth when it comes to Kaito as of late, Brett. Uh, you, you called him, uh, I believe the words were bitch boy on our um, <laughs> little bitch boy. I think it was little bitch boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw this first and I didn't text you right away because I knew you were going to watch it. I was just like, I'm watching this match and I'm thinking, man, okay, so Jake, you know, he's doing this thing, you know, easy, easy size advantage, reach advantage, basically. Uh, uh, he, it's Okada all over again and I think commentary actually threw Okada's name out there and I was like yeah this this kind of does feel like Okada all over again not a lot of offense from Kaido and when it does it's in spurts but then it's quickly snuffed out where then Jake Lee is just grinding them out slowly but surely I thought there was a couple of times where you know it might be referee stoppage you know a couple of uh, false finishes near falls however you want to call it but ultimately Jake Lee just in a dominant performance taking the GHC heavyweight title off of Kato Kiyomiya. This was going to be his sixth title defense if he won. Obviously, this was five the second time around, six the first time around, if I remember correctly. So, things to talk about on that aspect, but we got to give Jake Lee his flowers, right? Negro Domus strikes again, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I've been holding that one in. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I went out on a bit of a limb and I said, you know what? I think Jake Lee might win this motherfucker. And yeah, as the match was going and it was going and it was going and it was going and Jake Lee was just beating the shit out of him and dominating and then that segment where he pinned him like 10 times in a row. He's just like... And even though, hey, it, damn, bitch. yeah, I was just like, dude, like the eighth time, I'm just like, Kaido, this is this is embarrassing, dude. I mean, just stay down, yeah, 
now, now I'm like, you really gonna lose? It's just, I mean, it's like, it's like one of my cats playing with, you know, they like to play with bottle caps, and one of them, you know, slaps it around, and it'll just slide on the floor, and he'll run over and chase after it. It was literally like watching one of my cats fuck around with a bottle cap. It was like, man, are you gonna do something? Okay, okay, he's getting ready. No, no, that's it. Okay, this was as, and. Noah is is good and bad for this. It's bad when it's somebody I really like. In this case, I I have no real allegiance to either, or I'll just I just wanted to see this match. Noah is good for having their champions get snuffed, crushed, squashed, whatever word you want to use in the sentence, in in a way you just don't see normally. When Nakajima lost to Fujita. I was I, this when I just started to watch Noah and I was just starting to get into Nakajima. I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I like this dude. He, this motherfucker's cool. He talks shit. He kicks motherfuckers' heads off. I like this dude. And then Fujita comes out and it's just like, oh, no. Just, I'm going to powerbomb this dude I'm, into hell and I'm going to take the title. I was like, well, damn, that was quick. You know where you going? <laughs> you, I'm, you know, I'm still... I'm still fucking. I'm still fucking pissed about that. <laughs> okay, uh, Shiozaki, another. Uh, he just got the title back. I'm like, yeah, he's getting ready to have a run with this bad boy. Okay, nice little run. Just got the title back. Snatched the title off his ass. I'm like, damn. And we had talked about it before, where like guys like Keno, well, you know, another oh, great. Dima. Okay, <laughs> guys, where I was like, okay, you know, we're getting ready to have a run, and they took it away from him in such spectacular fashion. I'm just like, what? the fuck is going on so when Kaido Kiyomiya had this little run I was like okay you know this is five in a row it just felt like this six was just a mountain to climb and it just with every minute that mountain just seemed to get steeper and steeper and I was at the end I was just like thank god you know I felt bad for him getting that ass whipped for what it was what did I say 35 36 I was going to say 25 of that 35 minutes was Kaido Kiyomiya getting that ass whipped is this the longest squash match you've ever seen yes <laughs> Without yeah, question. I, I texted you i'm like i was going to be so fucking mad if they did the john cena thing where kaito just gets shredded the whole like old day john cena you know right, what I'm right. Saying. but he gets shredded for 30 minutes and gets a miracle win but credit to noah they they stuck with it they put jake lee over in a like you said, very dominant fashion over a guy that, you know, they had just basically, you know, they put him over Mudo. They gave him the belt back. It seemed like he was being groomed for another year-long run. And, you know, I got nothing against Kaito at all. I just want to see a little more, little more from him, a little more, not as much just, okay, I'm going to please the fans and jump around and be the good guy, little show some heart. But, no, let's see that black hair, black pants, badass Kaito. So now I texted you. I'm like, I'm more, way more intrigued by him now than he was this whole title reign. And even before, cause now what's going to happen? Yeah. This that's, guy, that is the question. 20, he's 26. He is the quote unquote, ace future ace top star of the company at this point. Um, so, you know, they're not going to forget about him, but like now I'm very, I'm ready to sink my teeth into this Kaito comeback story. Cause this is one that I can get behind the no, one with Mudo and all that bullshit. Like that just wasn't into all that, but now, now I'm ready for this. And, uh, yeah, I'm very, very intrigued to see what happens with him. Not only, but the Okada demolishing, not too far in the rear view. So that's now back to back major matches he's had where he's got fucking skunked. 
So how are you going to respond, little bitch boy? We shall see. <laughs> Oh shit! Shots fired. <laughs> I, I, that's what was my one of my you know thoughts after seeing like Jake Lee and uh, Yohei and Tadusuke. We'll talk about that in yeah. a second. Um, that tight. Yeah, that was. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then it all came together. I was like, "Oh, that's what the fuck is going on." Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, I see you from pro wrestling. No, I see you. I like that shit. Yeah. Kept me yeah. on my toes. Um. With the with these uh, ending where they had basically Jake in the middle and GLG surrounding him, I thought that was a really good look. I think that's you know a, a little snippet of what's to come. Um, Jake Lee's gonna go hold this Joker for a little bit. Nakajima, I think so. God bless Nakajima. Oh, he yeah. came out post match, and this is the one time I just wish you know commentary would just either. You know, translate or just don't say anything at all. It's not like I'm not going. I know what they're saying if they don't translate. I just don't want them kind of talking over Nakajima talking. I know it's weird. I don't understand what he's saying anyway. But either translate it or shut the fuck up. It's one or the other. Sorry, not sorry. That's just me. I know it's just a weird thing I have. I'm sorry. So Nakajima comes out and makes the challenge, and Jake Lee doesn't say anything, and Nakajima gets out, and Jake Lee starts to laugh. I'm like, oh, you like that? Okay. Jake Lee, that man. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm like, this is gonna be real interesting because he basically he being Jake Lee has snuffed out the future ace of pro wrestling Noah. And now his first title defense is arguably against one of the most dangerous strikers. I mean, Kia uh, Okada, you know, just came back on this in a five minute, 48 second match and got worked again. Thankfully his jaw is intact, but I think that's my point with this. Jake Lee is laughing at somebody that's knocked people out within the last six months. Shoot knockout. Yeah, legitimately <laughs> have broken jaws, has putting people to sleep with kicks, whatever the case may made, be. Made Tetsuya Endo vacate the KOD championship. Okay, <laughs> the thank you, Dad. Like, okay, that's the other dude. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, he was DDT's main champ, and fucking Nakajima knocked his ass out, and all right. Let's let Higuchi go on his run. Okay. So I like that. But yeah. And, and now you gonna laugh? I'm like, oh, I'm crazy. He is crazy. And I, that's why I love him. Like his character, like I'm even like, I've watched a little bit of him in all Japan. And like, I still, I think it's always been kind of a work in progress, but I'm digging this. And he is just kind of like, he came in like he is the hot shit and like he is the best. And he's, pretty much kind of backed it up and he hasn't batted an eye or backed down from anyone. And yeah, what a, what a breath of fresh air for this company that it sorely needed. And I'm with you. Let it, let's let this motherfucker carry the strap for 200 plus days and let's go to work. Yeah. I would definitely love to see that unfold. I think that would be, a, it would be an absolute crime. If was this March 20th, if he, has dropped the title within the first six months. So three plus six by September, he should still be the champion. If he's not, then that's, we got a fucking problem on our hands. That's just me. Not saying I'm going to stop watching. But as you hinted or said earlier, and we talked a lot about in the early episodes, the booking of Noah's belt or main, the KOD championship was a fucking mess for 
the majority of last year, ever since Nakajima lost it, it was just ping pong. So, uh, and I mean, Kaito, like we said, just had what about 175 or so day runs. So, you know, at least put a little bit more stability on that championship, but, uh, yeah, let's let Jake Lee carry that bad boy for a while. No, I think he will. But uh, let's talk about the, I guess, the underlying angle where GLG grows in numbers. We're going to jump up to the second match of the night where you had the Congo team of Ohara, uh, Hiroki, Tadusuke, and Sujay Kongo versus Alejandro Tagoge. Yokoshka and Yohei. So this just felt like a normal eight man tag, just getting guys on the card. No big deal. Uh, I'm trying to think. Tadusuke took the loss. And it was a very, very quick, quick and abrupt, abrupt finish. Yeah. Too. And I was just like, but the first match was short. So the second match was short. So I mean, I was, I would, I didn't even trip off of, you know, just the, the quick. Pin, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, they've done this before. It's no big deal. You know, there's just a lot of matches on the card. They're just trying to get people on the show. No big deal. But then you see post match, Suji Kongo kind of, you know, get um, in the face of Tadusuke. Tadusuke's on his knees. Suji is kind of like, you know, talking over him or whatever the case may be. The Noah Jr. Army leaves, but Yohei kind of hangs out and then comes back in to make the save on Tadusuke running off the Congo team. So now I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, well, you know, Tadusuke, you know, it's cool. You know, he feels like somebody that could, if you get him in the right spot, you could give him a, you know, a run at the, uh, the junior title, or, you know, put him with a good tag team partner. You can make a run at the junior tag team titles. This is cool. No big deal. He's going to the junior army. And then they super kick the shit out of the whole junior army. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Poor the Togoge is in the corner, like, you know, he, he yeah. put his arms yeah. like, dude, what the fuck? I mean, yeah. You just came over, you go flip on it, so he comes over. Well, part of me thought, like, he was going to join, like, that maybe they'd be a trio, and then, nope. Yeah, he, he caught that work, too. I'm just like, what the fuck? So. At this point, you see Tadusuke and Yohei leave the ring together. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, so they're not going to be with Congo. They're not going to be with the Noah Jr. Army. Who, do, you know, they're not just going to be floating around here in the dusk for no apparent reason. So, fast forward to the match with Anthony Green and Jack Morris versus Hio, or Hio Del. Dale, Dr. Wagner Jr. and Mirafuji. Um, decent match. Nothing spectacular. I gave it three and a, uh, three quarter stars. Um, the turnout from this match is obviously Jack Morris getting the pin on Dr. Wagner Jr. So obviously this sets up the title match that I believe is on the 16th of uh, April. Uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Jack Morris for the national heavyweight strap. Now, once again, GLG's on, you know, this is the first time, I'm sorry, just before I give it all away, this is the first time we see GLG on screen. They get the dub, and I remember between this, I was like, man, this could be a big night for GLG. You know, he got the first dub. You know, Jake mm-hmm. Lee's on deck. You know, he can, he can beat Kaito. You never know what could happen. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. as we fast forward a little bit, as they all come out, and this is now the first time we see 
Yohei and um excuse me, Tadusuke and you know Anthony Green and Jack Morris. I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like, oh, these motherfuckers <laughs> are dope now. Now they this- are good looking. <laughs> a I was about to say Yohei is a Yohei's always been the you know the Playboy, you know what I'm saying? Jack Morris and Anthony Green, you know, the original OG members of GLG and Tadusuke's just like uh, uh, Chris Jericho, you know, kick on wannabe and he just cool like that. All he just fit. Yeah, all guys I want to root for moving forward. Yeah. And so when they came out, I was like, "Oh, now Let's it go. all makes sense." And when Jim yeah. Lee came out, I'm like, "That's your ass, Kaido. You toast." <laughs> <laughs> right then, I was like, "Yeah, you ain't winning this motherfucker. There is no uh, way that they're gonna do all this. I mean, elaborate from one point to a second match in to the middle match." And then now at the very end where now it all makes sense. I was like, okay, see, you know what? If Congo wasn't around, y'all would be my number one. I still like Congo, but GLG is like 1A. Congo slip up and do some stupid shit. GLG is taking the number one spot. But just let's just talk about GLG. What do you see for them moving forward? Because obviously Jake Lee's on top. Uh, Jack Morris obviously has the national title uh a date, I think it's the 16th. And you got to think that Yohei and uh, Tadusuke is going to go after the junior tag titles, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, that'll just leave poor Anthony Green without a belt, but uh, <laughs> he'll be just fine. Um, no, I just like you, I absolutely love it. I mean, Tadusuke is a guy that we you know talked about from the Dome show or last year. It was the first time I saw him, and I'm like, yeah, this motherfucker is tight. And then Yohei, similarly, as I mentioned on our earlier episodes, I used to not really watch a lot of the Nowhere Junior stuff, but I started watching more of it, and he was a guy that definitely stood out to me. And like you said, he's a playboy. He's got that charisma. He's just a fun guy to watch. So, yeah, absolutely sign me the fuck up for this because GLG has been tight from the moment they got together, and now they have two juniors, which they hadn't had, and two more Japanese guys, which I think just makes the group a little more well-rounded because it was always a little strange of just Jake Lee and then two white guys. Right. <laughs> but, um, no, Over I'm Noah. fully on – yeah, exactly. Fully on board with this. And, yeah, just intrigued to see where it goes. I mean, it would not shock me one bit to see Jack Morris beat Dr. Wagner and then – I mean, I would think it'll be a bit before Yohei and Tadasuke challenge because it's still a lot of weird shit going on with the Stinger and El Perro Del Mar, whatever the fuck is going on there. Which yeah, I was we not talk, a fan. We're, no, was not a fan of any of that. No, but, let's talk about. It. Let's get it off the table. I, I, I was yeah. saying in what is it? Twenty five, twenty nine. Ida and Ogawa retained the title over uh, Chris Ridgeway and Hayata. Um, Chris Ridgway and Hyda just, I mean, just beat Ogawa silly. I mean, any limb that was not yeah. physically attached to Ogawa was trying to be detached by these two. They worked the arm, they worked the leg, and then Ogawa pulls out a flash pin to get the win. I, I don't have a preference on who wins. I've said it before on the previous podcast. This has been a angle that just ultimately doesn't make sense. And then it continues nope. upon that story <laughs> make going forward. So post-match, 
Ogawa comes Jesus. out to shake hands with Hayata. Hayata's kind of hesitant. He ultimately is getting ready to shake hands. Sure. Ada comes over to like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> we just had a 25-minute banger with these jokers. They busted us up twice, you and me. And Ogawa yeah. smacks the shit out of Ada like it's nobody's business. And he goes back in the corner. I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why did you just kick each other's ass for 25 minutes and now you want to be friends again? Chris Ridgway is probably the smartest motherfucking room. Like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm going yeah, to have to do I'm going to go my own way. <laughs> fuck all this. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I'll join G, maybe I'll join GLG. <laughs> Y'all got a spot for me, right? Fantastic. Now, I'll save this shit. You need some tattoos in this street, right? <laughs> Good looking guys have tattoos too. It, this, That's true. this whole angle has made no fucking sense. And now, like I said, it has continued down that path. I, I get, is. It, are, are we, do they still have tag team champions or, or is this a, a way Who to knows? split off? I, I would assume at this point you got to take the tiles off of them, right? And just have this Stinger, Peros Del Mall feud and just keep the titles away from it. I mean, that, that would make the most sense, correct? Well, they last year, I think early last year when Nakajima and Kitamiya were tag champs and they, I can't remember who turned on who, but yeah, then they, they had like a singles match for both belts, right? And then didn't, I can't, isn't that what happened? Do you remember any of this shit? I was getting ready to say that was <laughs> Am right. Am I losing it? No, I, I don't think you are, but I'm, I think this was right before I started to really watch, so I can't say for yeah. sure one way or the other. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, is they had a singles match for the tag titles, and then it was like Kitamiya and Kaito were the champs. I'm pretty sure. Something similar, but... I was gonna say maybe that. they go that route again, but I'll tell you what I don't. I don't give a fuck. You know, <laughs> like this was twenty five minutes. It was boring. I just was not into this at all. Like, yeah, it was fine seeing old man Ogawa get his ass beat, but it was just way too long. And then the post match just made me even more angry. <laughs> and yeah, if I'm Chris Ridgeway, I stay away from any and all of these motherfuckers because he's awesome. But whatever the hell else is going on with these guys, I don't want any part of. Yeah, I agree. I just it's a bad angle that's getting worse as it progressively goes on. An angle that I wasn't too sure about and kind of confused about what's going on moving forward was in my opinion the match of the night, but it kind of was I guess overshadowed yeah. by Kano making match upon match upon match, but neither here nor there. Let's talk about it. Yeah, Daika Daika in a yeah, Daike Inaba and Masa Kitamiya retain the GHC tag team titles over Manabu Soya and Keno. Um, I wasn't sure that I guess Congo was going to lose, but as this match started to you know go along, I caught myself as the mark rooting for Congo, wanting to see Manabu Soya get his, you know his first strap as a uh, a Noah wrestler. But I guess the bigger, I guess my biggest problem with this was how they booked the match, where Kano kind of felt like he had already put this match in the bag. You got uh, all Japan wrestling on deck, and then possibly Dragon Gate down the line. It almost felt like the champs and Inaba and 
Kitamiya were kind of overshadowed at a certain point. It didn't feel like this was a title match. It just felt like this was almost fait accompli. We're going to beat the, these champions to face the All Japan champions and then face the Dragon Jay champions. Obviously, that didn't come to pass. Am I, am I just tripping? Am I just looking at this in a way that I'm just thinking about it too hard? Or is there something to the fact that this might be a thing? It, yeah, it was a little confusing. Well, I think the match itself, all that aside, was really good. I went four, four and a quarter half. on it. Just great work here. Uh, excellent. But, yeah, like the it was the 3-9 show, I think. I didn't watch the second one. But, yeah, it was Yuma <laughs> Aoyagi and Naoya Nomura, the All Japan Triple Crown Tag Team Champs, came out and was talking with Keno and Soya or really just Keno, and like you said, they're not the champs. So, yeah, that part was confusing, and I'm still not exactly sure what's happening because then Kento Miyahara came out, Mm -hmm. and I guess there's three-on-three match that's happening. So, yes, I'm confused, but I thought the match was great, and I we texted about this. We were both happy to see the champs retain because it did feel like it was almost a sure thing that they were going to lose. So, but, yeah. Match was great. I don't know what the hell else is going on, but I'm pretty intrigued. And I think any any work between Noah and All Japan is only a positive thing because I think the, there's why shouldn't these two companies be working together? I mean, especially from All Japan's standpoint. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. definitely much lower rung these days than Noah, but Kento Miyahara is without a doubt one of the best wrestlers in the world. So any opportunity to see him on a bigger stage because we can at least watch Noah, you know, all oh, Japan, shit. like it's, oh, maybe we'll find this on YouTube, but, um, yeah, and I mean, God damn, I of course still love to see Kento versus Nakajima or even Kento and Kitamiya because they were also in diamond rings, uh, together, Kensuke Sake's promotion. So, and I mean, just seeing Kento come out in the suit and like that motherfucker can Ooh. get a crowd going. Like they were chanting his name, you know, like that guy has charisma dripping everywhere, and the crowds fucking love him. So, I just thought that was a cool moment. Again, similarly, like without uh, Stewart there, who usually handles the, yes. the translations, it was all getting kind of jumbled and lost. And again, I was even more confused with what the situation was. But it was a very cool, cool moment just to see Kento Miyahara out there suiting it up talking shit with Kitamiya. The crowd was loving it. So despite the confusion, I'm here for it. And I think it'll all get cleared up soon. But yeah, I think there is a show on the tomorrow, the 21st, that is going to have this three on three, I believe. It's Kento and two All Japan guys that I've never heard of. Jesus. It was against three, two, three unscheduled, unannounced Noah opponents. So, oh, I mean, I guess that makes sense. But hey. I'm here for it all. No, I that's what it. I say. Let's do that shit. A uh, couple other matches okay. I wanted to talk about. Um, and Lancelot and Extreme Tiger defeat uh, Ninja Mac and Amuska <laughs> in 10-16. Uh, I guess the, the bigger story, the, the story is Lancelot pins Amuska to probably set up a junior tag, or not junior tag, but a junior title match somewhere down the line. Um this is my first time seeing Lancelot. You know, nothing spectacular. I don't see this being a title change. I just think this is somebody that they can throw in front of the champ and move things along. The other thing I wanted to talk about, probably the upset of the night, 
was uh, Taniguchi over Segura in 11:43. They had, uh, I think it was a either a tag team or a six man tag. Uh, I guess it was on that same uh, three nine show where Taniguchi was just getting his ass handed to him by it was all three guys uh Segura uh Suzuki and somebody else they were just uh Fujita they're just fucking yeah. this guy up I mean you just, do not want those three again <laughs> <laughs> it was like do you owe them money just pay them the money damn get off this man <laughs> But credit to <laughs> Taniguchi, he came off the bat, worked his way back up, far from underneath, but ultimately lost that match. So fast forward to this singles match, and I'm seeing it in the middle of the card. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe this is, you know, Taniguchi, you know, looking a little stronger. This is a singles match. You know, he'll have a chance to, you know, look strong, but, you know, you just assume that Segura would go over. Wrong again, my friend. Taniguchi does go over in 11:43, like I said, in a match that I thought wasn't necessarily the best in the world. I gave it three and a half, but the fact that Taniguchi won, I thought was the the biggest moving factor coming away from that. Thoughts on either or match? Yeah, uh, this match I'll stick with. Taniguchi's a guy I haven't really seen too much of because I don't watch full shows all the time, but I thought this was a good match and a definitely surprising win. I agree, three and a half, but. I guess the question is, what's what's this going to build toward for him? Because, I mean, you know, Segura, yeah, he is north of 50, but he's still a pretty pretty big deal in this company. So uh, hopefully, thought... hopefully they can capitalize on this with Taniguchi. You know, I mean, Taniguchi is not a guy that's going to win the world title, but, hey, I was intrigued by this, and I wouldn't mind seeing a little more of him. I thought this uh, they're going to now tag and def- uh, go after – the GHC Tag Team Championships, if I saw it correctly, on the DDT. Wait, these uh, two, now these they're two gonna together? Tag. Yes, now they're going to tag okay. together and okay, I go after that. Uh, the tag titles, which I guess, because I think commentary was talking about, you know, Tadaguchi's having to prove himself against Segura or whatever the case may be. So let's just, you know, let's just run it along. Say he proves himself. Segura's kind of like, you know, it, it could be like uh, Kojima all over again. You know, I see, you, you know, you can handle your business. Let's go after the tag team titles again. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And that's fine. Um, then the other, the juniors match I thought was not nothing special, kind of messy at times. And, yeah, Lancelot didn't really impress me too much, so I assume that should be an easy Amox uh, uh, re- retention there. But, yeah, match was nothing special. No, I would agree. Outside of that, uh, I think we've covered... Uh, one question. We'd, what was your rating for the main event? I'm just curious. You know, it was. it's hard when yeah. you have it such... It's so it's so one sided, and I mean that that's ultimately where I have to kind of remember it's so one sided. But it was still a good match. I gave it four stars. It probably okay. should be bumped. I wouldn't have a problem with anybody bumping it one way or the other four and a, four and a quarter, three and three, uh, three and three quarters because it it's either a match that you can really get into because you can see Jake Lee's. The, how he's going to be moving forward, how he is in ring. And I mean, all this for me is just learning who he is. This is probably, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen him a handful of times. So 
watching him in ring, watching his mannerisms, his his ring psychology, all this is new to me. So I'm learning as he, you know, going along and just wiping the forward uh, Kaito. So in that scenario, I gotta take. I want to take it all into consideration. It wasn't a complete squash, obviously, but very one sided. Yeah. But it was still, it's still a match that I think people can watch and enjoy. I gave it four stars. Yeah, yeah, I was gave it the mark bump to four and a half. It, it, like you said, it wasn't the most like exciting. Obviously not back and forth, but I was compelled the whole way through and obviously predicting Jake Lee and really wanting Jake Lee to win, like that made it that much more for me. So yeah, it you know, it maybe dragged a little bit at times, but I was still into it the whole time and just again really was hoping that Kaito wouldn't get like a fluky win at the end and just was happy that they committed to it and stuck with it. So yeah, four and a quarter. It's got a low I mean, relative, all things considered, on cage match, it's only a six five eight. So yeah, uh, I, was, I saw of, that. I was like, "Whoa, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, you know, teach his own, I guess." Yeah, but, you know, if, I'll just say this, and then we'll, we can move to TJPW. I don't know if everybody can see um, what my, uh, I guess, nickname is for this week's uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> Brett has uh, Gato's Duster, which is goddamn comedy. I'm uh, <laughs> Kaido's Corner Man, so if I was truly Kaido's Corner Man, I'd have thrown that towel in because that was just at a certain point. It's like, you know, this is Rocky Four type shit. We got to keep you alive, Apollo. You know, I can't, I can't have you dying in the middle of this ring, man. That's the, that's honestly the way I felt. It was so one sided that it was just like, wow. It was the shock factor of seeing yeah. the world champion their world champion just catching that work and that to me was the shock factor of it and for me it worked if other people were bored with it i can understand that because it was like i said very one-sided but for me it worked yeah and it's all you know the emotional investment that each person has when they watch wrestling you know like obviously we as pretty big noah fans and me as someone who's liked jake lee before and wanted to see kaito lose i fucking loved it but yeah if you're just kind of a casual fan just tuning into this show or maybe a big kaito fan like i could see that pissing you off so definitely a bit of a divisive match but it, it worked for me for sure no, GLG obviously coming out. No, was the big story from uh, Great Voyage and, no- and Yokohama. I thought this was a GLG performance from start to finish. Obviously, they're going to be a, a faction to to watch for the rest of the year. I'm not sure if they're going to all have gold. It, it feels like it's damn near impossible. If it does, somebody's going to be a double champ. But they're going to be a, a faction to look out for in uh, 2023 for sure. No doubt. All right, let's talk a little Grand Princess. I believe this was on the 18th. Sounds right. Uh, all the days are just jumbled up together. I can't even figure these days out anymore, but neither here nor there. Um, you had three title matches, uh, three title changes. I don't, can't think of the last time I've seen three title matches and have three title changes, the, the the big titles, as a matter of fact. But let's just jump into it, and then I know you want to talk about this goddamn panda, so we can talk about that too. Hell yeah! <laughs> what a 
What a very, very fun show, top to bottom. <laughs> Sorry. For real, like, I thought this was an excellent show. No, no, um, no, 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 no. Do not get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I thought that I was entertained until that point. That's when I'm just kind of like, you know, I try, guys. I really do. But you're not making, you're not making this easy for me. You got a goddamn panda that can't get in the fucking ring. What the fuck? <laughs> We just, let's just start here then. <laughs> yes, please. Let's start here. You loved it. And I was thinking yes. about you and I'm, watch, I'm watching this. I'm like, Brett's going to love this shit. I can, I, I can honestly see him laughing that now we get to see it for, you know, for myself for the first time. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'll just say this openly, openly and honestly. I'm not a huge fan of comedy in my wrestling. Yeah, this is the reason that. why. Well, just for the record, because let's just say this is the first time you dropped in the PSP. Yeah. So I'm not a huge fan of comedy in wrestling. I think that's kind of the reason why I gravitate towards strong style wrestling, New Japan, stardom, even though they have their moments. Some of it to me, a little goes a long way. This was the the DDT kind of reason why I don't watch DDT because it's so over the freaking top sometimes. I mean, Kyper Masato in the match, love her. I think, like I said, I don't even know what she says half the time. Well, not even half the time, all the time. And I laugh my motherfucking ass off. The one time I did laugh in this match is when Hyper ran that bike into the fucking pan. I'm like, God damn right. <laughs> I say some guy have to take this big ass panda down, get this bike, and work this fucking panda. That's the only time I oh laughed at that God. whole match. This what match was just. Shoko, what about when Shoko jumped the lightsaber up the panda's ass? Come that on, man. No, just that's <laughs> over the top. I think I was crying at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, damn, dude, is this real? Is this my? Let life? me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Had you seen had you seen Andreza Giant Panda before? Or did you know what we were getting into with this? I had no idea. I, okay, and this me was, neither. <laughs> and this was I'm I'm you know I'm, they have the like the little match uh, lineup or whatever. So you click on it. And, you know I'm I'm looking at it to see you know where the matches fall in line. So I'm reading it. And I, I, I read past it or whatever. And I, I was like, who the fuck? Never mind. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that panda came out. I'm like. What in the it's fuck like is this? And I'm like, this is, and you know, commentary is like, you know, th- you know, they're, this is so and so's partner or uh, Neko's partner or whatever. And I'm like, what the? This is her partner, man. Hold up, dude. And the, like the ramp is like a, a WrestleMania ramp, so it's like super extra long. So now and you the panda do- had like a hand over, <laughs> right? Like hold my hand. We can't have you fall ten feet. God knows how many people are in this fucking panda suit. I'm just like, dude, this is the craziest fucking shit I've ever seen. Well, it's one of the craziest things I've ever said about seen in my life. The homework assignment. Oh it's probably it's probably on that list as well. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But it, watching this panic, like having to come down the fucking stairs, I'm like, dude, this is. I don't want to so hear good. anybody talk about the Undertaker taking his sweet time coming to the ring. This motherfucking panic can't even walk down fucking steps. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was nuts. one of the funniest things I have ever seen in wrestling, and I loved it. And Trust me, I understand why you and many others probably would not. But the funniest thing to me was probably getting the damn in the ring, which clearly you did not like. But the handler 
was pulling with all his might the rope to slide this fat-ass 10-foot panda in the ring, and it just wasn't working. No! Okay, you can literally see the head. Okay, here's the, here's the ring ropes. The head is like this. Okay? There's no way in physics that you can maneuver these ropes wide enough to get this out the work. I'm like, man, ain't no way. Yeah, of course it works because I was talking shit on it. You know, I'm sitting like and shitting then he on just it. Fucking, he chucks Hyper Masao and he chucks Nakajima like they're dust. God bless them. God bless them all. I hope they got a nice little paycheck for that because I'd have been thinking and be like, no, I am not doing this. Fuck you. I will. I will take as much Andreza Giant Pandas as you got. And you're right. The bike on the outside was that really was the That's, highlight. Yeah. Like what what can we do here? Let me get my bike and run you over. And then this green lightsaber comes from out of nowhere and hitting them with it and then fucking Shoko jamming it up the panda's ass. I'm just like I I'm literally like my eyes are rolling in the back of my head. It's just so much like visual overload. I'm just like, okay, can we just, just stop, stop, stop. Why are we bringing out the lightsaber? You know I like Star Wars. Stop this shit. That's the, that's probably the reason why I didn't like it is because I was not liking the match and now you brought one of my favorite childhood memories into this shit and now you're trying to sully that motherfucker into it. Leave the lightsabers out of it, please and thank you. Um, let's talk title matches real quick and I want to talk about um, Aja Khan and uh, actually let's talk about that first before we talk about the title matches. Well, uh, let's let's real quick. Let's just go in order because I want to talk about my girl Billy Starks as well. And, no, uh, yeah, that's 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 a good point because I I was kind of like uh, disappointed. I guess I I don't want to. I hate the fact that she came over and took the L. But apparently, uh, Saint Michelle and Sukizama don't lose. Someone hit me on Twitter when I was kind of like, you know, it sucks that yeah. Billy Starks had to come over and take the L with that fucking whatever it was flip on the outside where she was on the top rope and she yes. flipped from the the top rope to the outside and like it had that nasty like splat on her the floor. Head, her head definitely hit the floor. And oh, she got just, right back up. Oh, and, God bless her. Yeah. Well, the announcer, it was my boy Chris Brooks on announcing. He's like, yeah, she probably won't do that again if she wants to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, her head fucking bounced, dude. And they did not catch her at all. Like you said, she, she bounced right back up. Fine, but, yeah, so I did not know anything about this Neo Bishiki gun or whatever. And it's May St. Michelle, who is May Saruga, who I fucking love. And then Saki Sama, who is Saki Akai, who I really like. So I'm like, okay, what the hell is this? They're like French maids. So I looked into it and yeah, I guess they're just this weird group that doesn't really wrestle a whole lot. And obviously they're under different names, but uh, I was very entertained by this. I mean, you know, this it's not going to light the world on fire. It also had our girl Yuki in it. I mean, the two long-legged, beautiful goddesses of TJPW. How could you not like it? Yeah, come on. And, I mean, Billy Starks, I think, looked really good when she got the opportunities aside from knocking her head. But, <sighs> I mean, we that she's 18, girl, was going to be a fucking star. And, I mean, it's great that she's, you know, getting these big reps in over there. I mean, who can I still can't believe she challenged Sakazaki at 17 in the main event of Corican. Like, what a feather in your cap. But, I think it's only a matter of time before old TK snatches her up, but I hope she God, continues. 
I hope she continues to go over there. I saw she just got scheduled with uh, Rika Tatsumi, the new international princess champion, not the jump the gun, but it's, uh, I believe, a non-title match in America when they're doing the GCW versus TJPW. Uh, um, so that should be very interesting as well. But, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought this was a fun, rock-solid, entertaining three-and-a-half three and star match. Here. I gave it three and three-quarters. Um Aja Kong versus Yuki Arai. Um, obviously, Aja Kong won round one. I was kind of trying to decide how how this was going to play itself out because I shouldn't say that Aja Kong won round one. It was a tag match, but Aja Kong pinned Yuki Arai. This was a singles match, obviously, at Grand Princess. I guess this is the, the rub for Yuki Arai even though she lost this again, she still looked like it, it felt like it was more competitive probably than it should have been. Aja Kong, obviously a legend in, in this business. Yuki Arai is a very much of a fresh sure. face. And it felt like this is, you know, this is going to be a story moving forward where ultimately Yuki Arai beats Aja Kong. It might not happen anytime soon. That's the, my interpretation of it. Did you get the same? I think so, and I'm definitely a Yuki Arai guy. I'm Princess last year where her and Saki Akai, I'm an Akai guy and an Arai guy, <laughs> um, they won some of the tag team titles, and it seemingly was like a mishmash, <laughs> a mishmash pairing at the time, but I, I grew to really all kind of attitude from her, so that's why it was very interesting to see her against the beast uh, Aja Kong, but yeah, this match went longer and was more competitive than I thought it would be. And, and 13 minutes is what I've got here. 13 here. even. Um, but, yeah, I think definitely makes sense along the lines of what you're saying is like building building down the road for a, a big win for, for you here. Because, like you said, like I said, if we didn't see it again, but I think it would be cool to see her get that win. But uh, yeah, a, a solid, another solid three and a half for me here as well. Like again, pretty much like every match on this show is like three and a half, three and a quarter minimum. No, um, I agree up until the, a lot of di- to the title <laughs> matches, and then the title matches kind of bumped up a little bit. That that at least that's just me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But- Let's talk about the no, title matches. Yeah. And, um, so, um, Rika uh, Tatsumi yeah. versus Miyu Watatami for the uh, International Princess of Princess title. Um, 1831, I thought this was the match of the night. Up until this point, if I had to watch it again, I would probably oh, yeah, sure. say it's the match of the night. Don't get me wrong. I thought the main event was really good. But this was a match that I thought well, you had to... Uh, in, in kayfabe, you had two friends, arguably best friends, tag team partners. They won, they won the uh, Princess Cup, but lost the match for the tag team titles against uh, who was that? I guess that was Mizuki and uh, Yuki uh, uh, Sakazari. Thank you. And so you had that built into it. The, I thought the challenge was from right field, but you have obviously you have a backstory behind it. Best friends going after each other for the title. I honestly didn't think that Rika would win this match, but as it went along, you could kind of see where 
there was chances for Watatami to win it. Couldn't do it. The arm was uh, what was it? The arm or the uh, it was either arm or the knee. It was the knee because she couldn't uh do the swing at one point. Had yeah. uh, a dropper uh to talk about Tasumi at a certain point, but they end up pulling off the swing and a, a nice little reversal. So I thought that was good. Me and Watatami is going to be fine. I don't have a problem with her dropping the title. For me, this is more of a a check mark for. Uh, Tatsumi, this gives her the Grand Slam in TJPW, so obviously she's won both singles titles and the tag team championships. First one to do that, right? Uh, I think it's the first or the second. I think it's the first. Don't quote me on that. I think commentary mentioned it as the first because I would certainly wouldn't know, but I think I remember hearing that. Yeah, so it's it's a huge deal in that scenario and the fact that, like I said, for me, I think Watatame is going to be fine. Either she wins it back at some point, which TJPW does have a, I don't think they make people wait, but it feels like once you lose the title, it takes a while for you to get back to that point again where you challenge for the title. So that could be an issue where she gets a a second chance for the title. Or, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, me is one of the, the up-and-coming stars, and if you had her and, let's just say, a champion that shall be named nameless up to this point, because we haven't talked about this match, but if you had that champion and Watatambe wrestle each other, I might be down for that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, match was very good. I had the main event as my match of the night by a hair, but um, I was a little bummed that Watanabe lost. Um, you know, she's probably, she's probably my favorite TJPW wrestler. I mean, we haven't really talked a ton in depth, you know, about TJPW and it's definitely the newest promotion for me. I mean, her, the two Mias, Miyu Watanabe and, uh, Miyu Yamashita, I would say are my two favorites. And yeah, the match was awesome, but I was a little bummed. But yeah, that swing was great. I thought, you know, it, interesting that both of these big matches were two tag team partners going up against one another. Mm-hmm. And I just think, and we'll get to the main event. I just think the main event captured m- me more emotionally than this match did. But I had this at four and a quarter, main event at four and a half, razor thin difference between the two. Um, and Rika, yeah, no, nothing to take away from her. She's awesome. She was in the main event of that first show I watched with Shoko in a great match. So she seems to deliver every single time she's under the bright lights. Um, And yeah, definitely a surprise win. You know, I totally get, you know, giving her that honor of being the first Triple Crown champ. And like you said, Miyu Watanabe will be just fine. I just think there was more juice to squeeze off this title run. And I can see that. But there's still some like someone like Maki Ito still hasn't won that big belt either. So, you know, I feel like she would probably be before Miyu Watanabe at this point. I mean, I think it's probably down the line regardless. So, yeah, again, just slightly bummed about the loss, but very, very good match. Now, I agree. Both both this match and the, the main event match had obviously backstories behind it, and they pulled on uh, – emotional strings in both ways to me it just it depends on which angle you found more intriguing for me this was the more intriguing story like you said razor thin difference i just switched the the star rings i gave this the princess of princess uh title match four and a half the main event four and a quarter 
both matches were great. Both matches could have had you in tears if you were actually, you know, emotionally invested into it. Hell, I was about to say the main event damn near had me in tears, and I was just kind of like, you know, <laughs> I, I wanted to watch the match just to see how it unfolded. But both matches I thought were really good. I thought they both told a story, two different ways to tell the story. First way is, you know, the battle of attrition. You know what I'm saying? And in the main event, they told a separate story, but we'll talk about that in 30 seconds. The title match in between was the title match that we both thought was going to be a kind of a walkover for Wasteland War Party. And then <laughs> Maki Ito, <laughs> your monster came in was like, eh, hope I'll be here for a second. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and take these, these tag team titles back over to Japan. And what is that? 1342 Makido and Yamashita bring back the Princess of Princess tag team titles back from Wasteland War Party. Wasteland War Party looked like they had a little beef at the end where Maxie yeah, and Paler yeah. did not have a nothing nice to say. I think she actually pushed down Heidi Hauser yeah. on the way out, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, nope. nope, Heidi, yeah. So that might be something to watch out for coming back to the States. If they actually have a match, if, if they do, you know the reason why. But um, I guess this kind of makes sense. It, it built up the tag team titles for a little bit, put a, a spotlight on Wasteland War Party before giving it back to Makita, or not even saying giving it back to Makita, but switching it over to Yamashita and Makita. Um Was Wasteland War Party just a, a placeholder? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it. Did they? I think they had the belt 60 days. You know, they won it earlier this year, I believe. I don't even recall a title defense. I may have missed one. But. I think commentary said they had three, but all three were uh, over in the States. Well, oh, at least in the, the Western Hemisphere, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I like this. I mean, I thought the ending was pretty abrupt, but... I mean, obviously you have the huge size difference here and then you got Maki Ito's head gimmick and Yamashita just being a general badass, but I thought they clicked pretty well. Um, like I said, I was surprised by the finish and I thought it was a little bit abrupt, but um, I did enjoy the match and I am happy to see Maki Ito and Miyu Yamashita's tag champs because I think they're a very interesting very different duo and frankly i think that's the most emotion by far i've seen out of miyu yamashita after that match with big smiles all over her face because she's usually pretty pretty stoic and cold and man she's got one of my favorite entrances in wrestling by the way i just i love her music and just how fucking stern and that's fucking spin kick and then everybody throws the streamers in it's like yeah she's gonna beat somebody's ass that look in her eyes, yeah. So it, I thought it was cool to see the more emotional side of her. And granted, I mean, she's maybe showed it in the past, but I'm less than a year in on this. And that's definitely the most I can remember out of her. So I think thumbs up to this partnership here. And uh, let's give them a little bit of run with the titles. Yeah. Um, once again, commentary kind of played them off as, you know, rivals and frenemies i guess for a lack of a better term in this scenario so yeah i would i'm interested to see how long this goes and ultimately who takes the titles off of them and then in the main event uh yuka sakazaki versus mizuki for the princess of princess title 2102 from bell to bell 
I thought Sakazaki was going to retain. Um, Me too. I, th- I, th- I thought the, the the front part of this match was really interesting because it felt like Sonata and Taichi all over again, where yeah. Mizuki was on the offensive, was really you know taking the match to the well, champ. Y- Yuka was kind of resisting though, which is what I thought was most interesting. Is like she did not want to beat up Mizuki, and, Best and friends, it was almost like tag team. It was champs, almost like the whole yeah, you've been. Yeah, you've been giving it to me. You've been giving it to me. And all right, fuck it. If that's what you want, I'll give it right back to you. So, yeah, once that clicked in Yuka, I thought for sure she was going to win, which is why I think I was more into this match. And always, you know, with someone like Mizuki, who, again, I don't have a ton of history here, but I know she's not won that belt yet. And she's got she's had many opportunities. So, like, I could at least sink into that aspect of the story and what I'm seeing play in front of me of the champ not wanting to fight her and then break, basically breaking and saying, all right, bitch, let's fucking go. Yeah. Um, and Mizuki just kept coming back and kept fighting and kept fighting. And, uh, yeah, I thought this was really great. No, it, it just plays into Mizuki's clear baby face underdog role, however you want to call it. I think – Commentary said this was the fifth time that she had a chance to win the title. And, and wow, yeah, I remember they said- got it through, and I was like, okay, you know, that's what's up. At that point, I felt, you know, I, once again, I don't care who won. I just wanted to see a good match, and this was, you know, it went beyond my expectations. Not, I'm with you. I didn't see a lot of Mizuki. I've seen uh, Sakazaki enough to where you know I got a general handle on who I think she is. Once she laid that forearm on her when she was just like okay you know what you know what yeah. i'm done fucking with you you have now pissed <laughs> me off yeah and she kind of like sized off. her up and was like whack out i was like oh yeah, yeah you might have fucked up you yep you gonna yep. fucked up and i thought you Sakazaki was gonna win and retain i don't like i said i don't have a problem with uh, mizuki winning this is cool um, I don't think anybody came out for any of the three uh, title changes to set Not up. that I can recall. Okay, so basically you had three title changes, but I, I can't remember the last time I've seen all three of major titles that change on one show, which is cool. You know, I'm liking the fact that we're getting New Blood and Mizuki getting uh, Tatsumi, her uh, check mark off for Triple Crown, and now tag team that I did. I always thought should have been a tag team, and now they finally decided to do it. Absolutely, yeah. TJP Dub uh, in a pretty good spot now, and yeah, like we said, it's not. You know, I'd say of the four main promotions we cover, it's definitely the one we talk about the least. But man, they're it's really fucking good. Like I feel like every show I watch is always high entertainment and. I mean, yeah, the comedy stuff may not be for everyone, but um, it's just they're always just fun shows and always a good time to watch. And it's, this one was, again, some of the ma- plenty of the matches we didn't talk about were all just very fun and interesting as well. So, uh, yeah, high marks for me on this show. No, I was going to say the, um, the one thing I do like about uh, TJP Dub is the fact that their roster, the the front end, the youth of this roster – the Yuki Arise, the Himamaris. Um, there's so many young talent. How about 
Mo- how about Mocha Miyamoto? Like, uh, that match against Miyazami, yeah, I thought was I thought that was Yeah, it was she better than a I, lot in that. Yeah, better than I thought it was. She's slowly but surely on that incline. Suzumi uh, versus uh, Endo in the opener match. I thought those are two yeah. that are you know on yeah. the incline. So I mean, there's so. You have the established talent, but on that back end, you have such young up and coming talent. That's what I want to see that up and young coming talent to really. That's going to really go and put the fish hook for me when it comes to TJPW is because if you if those that up and coming talent, if I watch them grow, kind of like with um, Shota Umino. I, you know, yeah. I remember when Shota was a young man, and now look at him. You know, that's that's what I wanted to be like with this group, with TJPW. You know, there's a handful of names that we just threw out there, and there's probably a handful that we ain't we probably forgotten about. But if if it all comes to pass, and let's just say the majority of them become good, if not great, this will be a really fun promotion to watch. Looking forward in the next two or three years. No doubt about it. Already is right now. But, yeah, I think there's certainly room for growth here. Oh, for sure. I was going to say, you keep having them come over to America, get the American eyes on them, and then to have those American eyes, you know, get a good show, get a grand princess, something along those lines. You got something going. I think they were doing well before the pandemic, and then now they just have to kind of reboot it, and they're now they're starting all over again. Now they're getting that traction no doubt. Yeah, and I guess, like I said, a lot of them are coming over here for shows soon. So, uh, yeah, that'll be nothing but good exposure for them. Yeah, I think Yamashita is going to be, if not in St. Louis, somewhere close to St. Louis. And of course, I she's going to be work. in. I know she's going to be in Dayton, Ohio, as well. Which obviously, I'm not quite as close to now, and I'm not going to go. But would have been cool. Obviously. No, for sure. That she's on. No, she's on the checklist of. Uh, wrestlers now that you know I've, I've seen you know a first round she's on that next round of wrestlers i want to see i don't have to i want to fly to japan to do it but god damn it i'll do it if we have to do it okay oh, i i imagine we'll get there at, oh, no, some, we, point. at some point yeah i just didn't really say that i just don't want to do it right now I, i'm trying to save no, some no. of this grip before I, we fly over <laughs> to japan and i gotta get yeah. my fucking passport renewed that thank you for reminding me i gotta drop that so off do, to the mail so do I actually. <laughs> it's like right yeah. here and i'm like i look at it every day it's like mail me mail I me i ain't going anywhere i ain't going anywhere anytime soon exactly so why do i need to mail you shit <laughs> out mr passport you gave me a homework assignment. I guess it was a couple days ago. This is our uh, epi- sure we, uh, just episodic homework assignment for lack of a better term. Yeah, I just stole a little WWE word there. This week's uh, episodic homework assignment. I'll let you set it up because you always set it up better than I do. You drop it in my lap because you watch it first. Please go ahead. Yeah, I'm trying to get the date here and all of that, that stuff. But I guess I'll just just start with kind of what led me to this. Like I mentioned got to move Choco pro to you, which is Emmy soccer's promotion, which during COVID and Chris Brooks has, has been heavily a part of that during COVID. They started running shows in this building. It's really a room that reminds me of like a one room schoolhouse, very, very small, compact with a mat on the floor, you ain't lying. a bunch of weird shit on the wall. There's a window you can go through. There's a window you can go through. There was a anyway, like, there was a point. match between Emmy Stock. Yeah, well, that's that's what we're going to talk about here. <laughs> uh, this was the Choco Pro. The Choco Pro is what reminded me of this. Okay. So, 
it's called the Chris, it's called the Chris Brooks Produce Baca Guy Gene and Friends Volume Three. So I'm pretty sure this is a show he promoted. Um, and yeah, this reminded me a lot of Choco Pro, which he has been a part of. But it is literally in a bar, like. <laughs> It is a bar. He ain't lying. He is not lying. Uh, is, at one point, Chris Brooks jumps off the bar, clips his head <laughs> on the chandelier to like de- deliver a double stomp to. Uh, double stomp. And I'm just like, wait, did he just wait? The lights are on. What the fuck is going on? Dude, it's nuts. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um, and there's a, a small mat in the middle of the bar, and there's just tons of people surrounding them. So there's not much mo- not much room to move. No. Uh, like you said, you see Chris Brooks jump off the bar. You see him use like some piping on the ceiling to <laughs> elevate and fall off. Like I love just using what you're in your environment. I was but, like, there's some stools there, man. Jump off that shit. Somebody yeah. hit somebody with the stool. Come on, think. Okay, he he, dro- he drop kicked Maya into the stools. That, that was down. She need his ass into the yeah, stool. Yeah, like his but, neck hit the, like that stool and yeah. towards the end. I was just like, ugh. Oh, that yeah. does not look good. So long story short, even though it's already long, I just saw this match on Cage Match, and it had like an eight and a half rating, and I'm like, shit, I love Chris Brooks. I'm starting to love Maya Yukihi because she's someone I didn't even know until two months ago. Right. And now she's seemingly all over the place. But I'm like, okay, I can get down with some intergender. I'm always down with Chris Brooks. And uh, little did I know, it was just smack dab in the middle of a bar. I don't know. What would you say? Like 30 people or so there? Give or take. Yeah. yeah. 30 people in a bar with the, surrounding a mat, I would say. It's, so imagine a mat that you used to tumble on as, as kids in elementary like school. Mat, yeah. Right. So you had a mat about that thin, about seven feet long, because there was a couple of spots where, you know, somebody got flipped onto the yep. mat or you know like you said uh, Yuki uh, got kicked from one side to the other and flew into the uh, the stools or whatever the case may be so it was about seven feet from that point literally behind them was the physical bar itself so when Chris Brooks got onto <laughs> the bar you could kind of see the bartender who I thought was the bartender yeah. like to the right of him I'm sitting there shaking my head like I know this motherfucker is like this is some of the craziest shit ever I'm just trying to make some money this, this motherfucker jumping off the bar you know like I said clips the chandelier on the way down for the double foot stomp I didn't think uh, I would like this I ended up liking this shit man there was good. it felt like a legit wrestling match to start because it was like you really saw the stiff strikes whether it was kicks or punches both Maya was kicking the shit out of him man I was just like what in the fuck Ah, I know that hurt Ah, and then he he caught the first one he caught he then jerked her up and hammered her with a backbreaker like man and then when right after that he fucking whipped her up into that Boston crab it's just like Obviously, you don't see a six-five fucking gangly dude wrestle women a lot, but in the most like respectful way, he was ragdolling the shit out of her. But like, you just don't see those body movements like that. So like, it was just very unique in that aspect, and especially in that small confined space. Yeah. It I mean, felt the like a legitimate match. Yeah, people were getting hit. You know, like they would bump into the people at times and you'd almost see people tumble out of their chairs. And there was a, this is, there was a, this is awesome chant at the end in English, which I thought was very cool as well. So like, imagine if you were in there, like how much fucking 
fun that would be. That would be the I mean, you're fuckest, literally- loudest motherfucker. I'm like, Come in the front. Put me in the front. You're like three feet from the wrestlers and sometimes touching them. And like, yeah, just such a unique atmosphere. And like you said, they went to war. I yes. mean, at the end when Yuki just started slapping the shit out of him. There were some great near falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I he had a big tombstone. One of the submissions, you can, he was uh, like reaching for the quote unquote ropes, and yeah. like, <laughs> like the fan touched their hand, and uh, the ref was like, "All right, all right, that's a rope break, you know, get off her books." Yeah. I was just like, "That's not a rope, fuck it, that ain't no rope break, but fuck it, we gonna play this shit out." That's well, that's, what, that's why it felt like, even though it wasn't a match, or I shouldn't say it wasn't a match, it wasn't a traditional wasn't wrestling in a ring. match, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Those strikes, the kicks, the f- submissions, flips, the whole shebang. It was a match. match. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. there was a couple of times where I cringed like I would in a normal match. So, yes, I'm not going to sit up here and say that it wasn't a it wasn't a match. It just wasn't a traditional match in a wrestling Correct. ring. What did you Correct. give it for a star rating? Yeah, I was four and a quarter on first watch. I might bump it up, but at four and a quarter minimum. Because again, four like, and a quarter. Yeah, like watching it again, like the near falls were so good. And from the bell, like it was a fucking fight. And again, just the unique atmosphere, jumping off the bar, like everything looked stiff and hard and crisp. Like, yeah, just so much fun. And just just another beautiful nugget of what Japanese wrestling and just wrestling in general can be because you don't even need a ring and – ropes and four sides Hell to do no. this shit. You can just go to a bar, pop down a gymnastics match, and go to work. I was getting ready to say, as long as you train, you can go ahead and do that shit. I will sit back and drink a Budweiser and watch you break your shit. No problem whatsoever. All right. I think we've covered I'm glad, it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I was uh, no. kind of... It's not really... It wasn't comedy, you know? It was fucking wrestling, but just in kind of a comedic setting, you know? Because... It's, Early on, Brooks tried to leave, you know, on the door was locked and he was kind of hooting and hollering and all the fans were laughing a lot. So, like, again, when we don't know what they're saying and they're laughing, you know, whatever they're doing is working. So I was on board with it. But, yeah, just so much fun and very unique. It w- it was comedy, but it wasn't over the top. It yeah. It felt like this was something that, God forbid, like this was a, a bar fight or this was a wrestling match yeah. or whatever the case may be. The biggest thing, I think, if anything, it, you have to be open to intergender matches because yeah. if you're not, then this is not going to work at all. For sure. But okay. I thought as far as intergender wrestling goes, this was excellent. Yeah. Like I said, you get to see a much bigger and very, very tall guy just kind of throwing this girl around a little bit, but nothing like nothing hard. It's all within the scope of wrestling, but just again, the, the body contortions, it's just shit. You don't really see in a normal wrestling match. So that just was one other thing that's like, man, wrestling's fucking tight. Yeah. I was going to really say, uh, we went to this, uh, local show the other night, uh, the Saturday night and the, the blues mascot got involved in the match. And, oh, nice. And me and uh, some friends of mine were sitting next to each other, and, I, and we basically said the same thing. It's just like, you know what? This is wrestling in, t- in a general nutshell. It's one of the weirdest things that you can ever see live on TV, whatever the case may be. But damn, man, it's just so fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. I catch myself Wait. just being entertained so much all the time. So you, 
So you're okay with the Blues mascot getting involved, but not Andreza Giant Panda? I didn't say I liked it. I just said <laughs> <laughs> I just said that it was you know that was a part of the show. At that point, I'm I was just kind of like, man, you. here we go. Come on yeah. now, whatever the fuck. Uh, what about Andreza Giant Panda versus the Blues mascot? Now that's a match I'd like to see. Okay, so see the Blues mascot is like you know. It, even with you know the the actual costume, let's just say he's like you know six five six six. You know it's, it's kind of tall. This this fucking panda's like ten feet, man. I mean, at we, least it's we, like a basketball hoop. I'm not sure how to at least for the venue that I saw uh, the Blues mascot in. I'm not sure how we would get that son of a bitch in the door, much less <laughs> what you know they came up like through uh, the steps or whatever. So. Um, as you were sitting, we're on the balcony, so as you look down, there are two entrances, so they go inclining up, so you walk past, you know, people as you walk towards the ring. So you couldn't have this fucking 10-foot, you know, panda going that route. I mean, backstage, with you know, there wasn't a lot of room back there. No way. I was going to say, we'd have to have that in, like, a legit you know, whatever the uh, the Chaffetz Arena is here locally or wherever Raw is tonight, Scott Trade, same thing. You'd have to have that motherfucker in such a huge... Wait, <laughs> is, is Raw in St. Louis tonight? Raw is in St. Louis tonight. Oh, wow, and you didn't go. You've been to one Raw, you've been to them all. At this point... That's, that's will, fair. It's not a go-home show to Mania. Um, that's very fair. And oh, honestly... Like we said before, AEW is next week. I'd rather watch that. And for just WWE purposes, the only show I haven't seen is SummerSlam. If I see that, that's my big four. And then I can die, you know, peacefully as a wrestling fan, knowing I've seen all four live and in person. So that's what I'm waiting for. Only done Mania at this point. That's all you need. Yeah, true, but I, I'd definitely like to go to a Royal Rumble, no doubt. Royal Rumbles are fun. I was going to really say, I've been to a couple, and I would be lying if I said I did not have a blast just because the Royal Rumble is supposed to be fun. You just don't know who's going to come out. But neither here nor there. Let's just yep. let's wrap this joker up. So just coming up, uh, we kind of talked about a couple of dates to kind of circle, so let's talk about them again. Uh, obviously, tomorrow night, or th- th- tomorrow night, tomorrow morning, uh, I think it's 3 o'clock Central Standard Time. In like in like four hours. Yeah, I'm, I'm debating on whether I'm going to stay up for this or not. I got a couple Red Bulls in the refrigerator, so just in case, <laughs> I decided I'm going to do that before a double. That'll be a that'll be a morning watch for me. I've got a two o'clock meeting with someone tomorrow, so I'm just know that's going to be my morning. Yeah, that's good to say. I'm stupid like that. I'll, I'll watch this shit and go work a double shift and then come back and be like, "Why am I, I don't so know, fucking tired?" I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I say, "Why am I so tired?" Oh yeah, I was up at four. Um, so yeah, the New Japan Cup final this morning, the eighth of uh, April is the Genesis show. Uh, Okada gets the winner of the New Japan Cup, and I'm sure there will be other matches as well. Hopefully, Bishiman and Aussie Open on that card as well. Um, yep. I'm thinking the 16th, that is at the Noah show. I believe that is the first title defense for Jake Lee versus Nakajima. That should be really, really interesting just because, like I said, yeah. Jake Lee's acting real, real crazy. He might want to take a look at uh, Nakajima's <laughs> last couple matches and start acting a little, uh, a little respectful of the former champion. And then on the startup side, you have uh, the, I believe it's the 23rd of April yeah. in Yokohama. 
big, big card, Julia versus Tam, uh, Saya versus uh, Mina Shirakova, or Shirakova, Mina Shirakawa part two. <laughs> uh, I'd say, I don't even know why I'm thinking tennis right now. Um, I think, well, we talked about a third match, and I can't think of what that is off the top of my head. Let me cheat for a second. Um, Shiri versus Hashimoto is the, the other match oh, that we yeah. kind of wanted to keep our eye on. So, yeah, it's, uh, three yeah. big uh, shows coming up here in the next month or so. Let's also let's also not forget that Impact, uh, or whatever they're calling it, Multiverse United. You know, going to be a lot of New Japan presence on that, and hopefully maybe we'll be watching that together. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe that's the, I shouldn't say I believe, I know 30th. that's the 30th of March. Like you said, there's, there's going to be some uh, New Japan talent on there. Knock on wood. Hopefully, we are watching that together because I think that would be a drunken good ass time. Um, I think we, yeah. I think we covered it. I think we. Yeah, I mean, it. I guess we'll see. Uh, you know, those shows. You know, the eighth really isn't the next big one, but maybe we'll get one in before that. Kind of previewing all those and talking about the Cup Final, Multiverse. I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll fucking record something when we're together next week. Who knows? I, I was getting ready to say I would not be surprised if there, there's something weird happening on the, the yeah. last week of. Uh, March between you and I, because like I said, we'll have about four or five hours together to fuck around before AEW actually happens. So yeah, weird things could easily happen. I got all the equipment oh, yeah. looking at, so Absolutely. it could easily happen. But yeah, I would definitely say kind of look for the Phoenix to be flying around the middle of April, because I would definitely want to talk about the Cup Final and then the Genesis show afterwards, and then like you said, we can preview other shows moving forward but on that lovely note we will bid you adieu I love this fucking song for my man Brett Jager representing the Brain Buster Boys I'm your humble host the other humble host Jason Cornelius Bell representing the band from Ringside Podcast we'll see you when we see you enjoy some matches man go watch some wrestling go feed the cats which I'm gonna have to do so in a little bit Outside of that, we will bid you adieu. We will see you on the next time for the next episode of the Phoenix Splash Podcast. Say bye, Brett. Bye-bye. Go watch Andreza Panda, baby. <laughs> you better not go watch that motherfucker. Andreza Giant Panda, baby. <laughs> we out. We'll see you next time.